are listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Mike Reed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yo. <laughs> yo, 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 how's the sound, y'all? Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New Year! Year. Yeah. yeah, awesome. I had a great one. You had a great New Year? What'd you do? I did. Each, I did. What'd I didn't you? do much. Well, I had some friends come in from out of town, a bunch from different places, and it was awesome. It was cool. It's cool. I had a lot of varied people in my house. I always love yeah. that. Yeah, me and my son kicked it. We had chocolate chip cookies. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, I want chocolate chip cookies. Sugar. I just had some. Sugar is the best drug. It's the first drug. It definitely. I let him yeah. have two. I let him have two. One. You see the effect of one, but two. Wow. Oh my god. And he really is running around there at mock speed, huh? Oh yeah, dude. It was. Uh, it was <laughs> intense. We didn't even make it to midnight, but um, we had fun. It was good. Nice. <clears throat> Can't n- not mention this. Happy birthday, dude. Uh, <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> how'd that surprise me i was totally like what oh wow it is yeah yeah you got me man it's my birthday i'm having a blast i'm having a blast it's really kind of humorous i keep having these feelings like oh i don't well i don't want to do that well yeah wait a minute i can do that it's my birthday I don't know are you 50 today from. is that, are you uh, are you 50 or 49 <laughs> 50 yeah i'm 18 Again, yeah. <laughs> nice, yeah. nice. Keep on being eighteen for the for the rest of uh, the rest of your days, man. Keep yourself. If I kept if I kept living on this diet and sleep pattern, I don't think I would make it to fifty. <laughs> so I don't know. I need to stop living like an eighteen year old, perhaps. But that's how I feel. So that's what I'm claiming. I'm eighteen again. Nice. Well, happy birthday and welcome to adulthood, child. Yeah, we're, we're glad. Thanks, man. We're, we're glad to have you. <laughs> We're definitely glad to have you. And speaking of glad, we're glad to have all you guys out there, too. Um, Thanks so much for tuning in. We know there's some new listeners this week. Um, Sorry about last week's episode, yo. It was the holidays, and our schedules were crazy, man. I know you were all over the board with uh, winter weather travel and whatnot. And um, so it it just kind of became impossible for us to get it done last week. But, I'm, you know... For those of you that I think know, it was natural. Yeah, yeah. it's natural. Yeah. It's organic. It just needed a break. It made sense. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That's what's nice about or it being organic is uh, we can do that, and we know you guys understand. And uh, but yeah, for those of you that are tuning back in, thank you so much. Um, for those of you that are new, uh, what we do here, I'm gonna steal a phrase from you, Jamie. Um, it's kind of activist tainment. We entertain activists, and we tell the news to. Nice. Uh, a lot of different activists. There's a lot of stoners out there, uh, growers, business people listening as well. I'd say the bulk majority of our listeners are an, uh, cannabis activists in one way or another. Um, or, um, also enthusiasts. Um, but uh, what we do is we uh, aggregate the news and, and try and uh, tell you uh, what uh, what's transpired. It's important, or at least that we feel is important over the, since our past episode. Um, and, uh, we break down, uh, funky news stories sometimes too. We try to, to shine a light sometimes on the media's mis, uh, uh, misportrayal of marijuana and, um, 
Yeah, we're 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 advocates of marijuana policy reform, drug policy reform in general to the to some extent, right. but uh, specifically marijuana. And um, yeah, that's that's what we do. Um, what uh, what do we got on the show today, Jamie? Yeah, it looks like we got a great show today um, put together for you. A lot of uh, kind of uh, several lighthearted pieces because um, um, I chose those because it's my birthday today. And I thought that I right. was able to do that because, you know, I'm using mm-hmm. that pass all day. I can do any ludicrous or thing. I get my choice. I get preference all day. You can make an ass out of yourself tonight if you want to later on. <laughs> and then wake up on the, on the third and everybody hates you and nobody will come over. And yeah, so I'm not going to really do that because um, <laughs> I don't want the repercussions. Yeah, good stuff. We got some California stuff going on. Um, yeah, a little celebration here at the Cannabis Agenda today. Um, it's no longer a criminal offense to possess an ounce of urban Cali. Does that make sense? Um, Decriminalization, a little, little bit of a little leaning towards that, a little more in Cali. Yeah, yeah. Some Arnold Schwarzenegger activity going on in there. Um, yeah, Oakland uh, having a little problem. They're proceeding slowly, ever so slowly, with their warehouses, uh, their big pot warehouses that we've talked about several times in the program. Um, the feds are giving them some some threats, and they don't know really how to handle this, so they're proceeding with caution. Um, talk about that some, some stuff going on in Humboldt County, and there's some serious yeah. stuff up where uh, you guys are at. We'll talk about that more in-depthly. Uh, medical marijuana for food, uh, holiday food drive. How about that? Michigan. What are the, here's the here's the big one. You got a got a, you got a good interview today, huh? You scored us a sweet interview. Brandy Zink, right? What's she all about? Yeah, Brandy Zink. Well, you know, it's a continuation of our uh, our attempts at including an intelligent female voice in the show and the program from you know time to time as much as we can. And we've been having a little situation with Michigan, not knowing you know what's really going on there and finding out because there's so much stuff. It seems tumultuous at the moment. But uh, I know personally uh, Brandy Zink, who's very uh, dedicated and involved um, in in the uh, policy reform movement, cannabis policy reform movement, and a patient herself as well. And uh, so I I asked her if she might come on and give us an update about Michigan. So we'll have that. Um, She'll tell us a little about what's going on in her state, um, uh, an update uh, about um, how it is to be a female activist in the Great Lakes state. And um, I think she's going to tell us a little bit about her visit to Kushkan too. Nice, nice. Then we're going to have some some cannabis etiquette stuff, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We'll continue that. Yep, yep. Is yep. that? Did I, you guys do that last week? When did you guys do that last week? Or we did it. We did. It was about spit. Your spit. Ugh, my spit. And, right. Well, yeah. in a general sense, yeah. <laughs> Whoever spit is on the stuff that you're smoking, which shouldn't happen. If I give you a, nasty, I give you a, if I give you my piece and you give it back, it shouldn't be like glossed with yuckiness. So yeah, we'll who the out f would talk. arrest Willie Nelson? Snoop Dogg goes <laughs> off on it. We got a little of that. We got a little of that. And then then we got uh, apparently some jur- some jurors are starting uh, to kind of throw their hands up when it comes to pot cases and aren't willing to serve on the jury or aren't willing to find people. Uh, people guilty anymore yeah we got that going on uh but the big story of the day what's this deal pat robertson pat robertson you guys know who pat robertson is yeah i know who <laughs> he, he supports is. decriminalization and he said of up to a few ounces i think he whoa. did yeah <laughs> whoa that's, that's yeah, huge that's interesting 
Um, we're going to have a couple stories from our, our new You Have Got to Be Kidding Me segment. Um, Bill O'Reilly is going to uh, bloviate um, about something or other. Uh, there's a, a little is, note. Is that what it's called when Bill O'Reilly speaks? <laughs> um, well, it is when I speak about him speaking, I think. <laughs> At least it is on my birthday. Yeah. How many times can I say that in one day? I'm going to be sick of my birthday before it's over. Um, anyway, cannabis and sports, I think we're going to talk a little bit about that. I think Pot has a particularly intelligent question to ask. Um, if sure. Pot is so Gross bad. Right. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure if it's so your- bad, how do you explain all these successful people in the world that use use it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yep. And we get a grow tip, you yep. said. Yeah, we get a grow tip. We do. We do. Uh, uh, yeah, we will. We will be getting to uh, timing, harvest timing. It's kind of a it's kind of a tough question. It's more of a discussion about it. I mean, it's a kind of a tip, but you know, uh, more of anything, it's a discussion. And I'd love to hear from you guys on what you think about it and what your experiences have been. Um, we're gonna do a little uh, rat, radical Russ spotlight, right? And then we're moving to his area, except up in Washington for. Uh, uh, um, story uh, from from Washington regarded uh, convicted felons who are not able to get um, what is it they're trying to get? They're trying to get yeah they're under uh, supervision uh, state supervision DOC Department of Corrections uh, supervision and they can't they're they're getting denied to use cannabis medicinal cannabis and there's a medical right. cannabis uh, you know obvious legislation in Washington so right talk yeah. We got again. Uh, there's some changes in Montana regarding the medical marijuana law up there. They're oh. going to be, yeah. I mean, there was like a lot of them. Eight, eighteen or nineteen. I thought they. I think they say. Gosh. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's significant. And uh, apparently in Indiana, kids are more likely to do drugs. We'll take a quick look at that. Um, and then we'll get we'll look at uh, MPP's uh, radio ad um, in Illinois regarding SB 1381, in which uh, it appears that you guys only need two more votes oh, to get. Oh, gosh. Some- they, need to, they need to do this. They really, really need to do this. In the last year, I've been through so many different um, issues and Gosh, huge, huge, significant um, movements for various causes, not just cannabis related, you know, my education stuff as well that I'm involved in. And uh, one of them um, to save some uh, particular state source of funding for education was voted the number one uh, social event of the year in our area here. I just heard. So we were we were busy on a lot of stuff, but I've never uh, I've never had anything that seemed more important or significant to me to get passed than this this SB 1381. Um, so I'm really, really, really hopeful. There's a lot of strong, very intelligent people working diligently to uh, make this happen. So we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed and, uh, you know, keep reporting on things as they happen. All right. Sounds like a good agenda for the day. Um, you guys can follow along on, uh, at our website, which is, uh, cannabisagenda.com. You can listen to the shows directly from there. Uh, you can scroll all the way back. There's, uh, several different links on the site, tabs on the size to, uh, tabs on the site to check it out. Um, you can look at the notes from each show. Our stories are, most of them are linked up on there. So you can click on the, the links to the stories that we're using as, a uh, um, to start our discussions and whatnot. Um, let's see. Please, uh, feedback. We love feedback. There's a lot of you that have uh, participated in this community throughout the past, and we really, really appreciate right. it. Comments, questions, criticism, whatever. You, you think, yeah, I mean, happy birthday, Jamie. We love 18-year-olds. Yeah, 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 you can call it. You can contact the show and say that. That's awesome. But you only have a limited time. 
That's true. Well, it, well, with the email, you have uh, unlimited time. Send us whatever you want. We appreciate links to stories in your area that are hard for us to dig and scoop. That's That really, really helps us out if there's anything you want us to cover from your area. But like he was just saying, uh, call us, too. You can call and sing Jappy. Jappy. Hey, Jappy. Sing Jamie. Jappy happy birthday. birthday. Sing, sing Jappy birthday to Jamie and uh, at uh, 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N, which is 2266. If you leave us a voicemail on there, we're going to play it on the air unless you tell us not to. Uh, let's see. What else? you can. The, one of the easiest ways to listen to us is on iTunes. You can search The Cannabis Agenda, Cannabis Agenda, or under podcasts, you can search uh, Marijuana or Cannabis. We're pretty easy to find. Subscribe to us there, and it'll be uh, our uh, podcast will be automatically downloaded into your iTunes when it's available. So uh, make sure really... Yeah, because we're not like to the minute when we put this thing out. So uh, it, it's typically put out um, either on Sunday or Monday. But I think we've I think it's taken until Tuesday a couple times too. When you have it on hey, iTunes, hey, it's organic. It is. Hey, forget about it and just uh, put it on your iTunes player. And then uh, when it's available, it'll be there. You know, don't even worry about it. Um, and leave us reviews on iTunes as well. Um, we really appreciate that. It helps our yeah, it helps our ratings and. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter and Facebook. On Facebook, you just like us. Um, you can search Cannabis Agenda. Um, and please uh, suggest us to your friends and uh, in general. Just uh, let your friends know about us. Um, we'd love to hear from all you guys. So thank you so much for being here. Looks uh, like today we're moving directly into California where as of, as of yesterday – as of yesterday, it's no longer a criminal offense to possess up to an ounce of weed, dude. That's right. Uh, it's That's a it's a civil infraction now. If I if, if I think we've got that right, which is similar to a traffic ticket or a sound ordinance or some sort of some sort of civil infraction like that. Um, I'm not sure how it'll affect your how it'll look on your record, et cetera, et cetera. But but, but it's changing for the it's uh changing for the best and this is something that yeah. schwarzenegger was it into it's yeah dude but it sucks a lot less well i mean it didn't you know that's what's the thing that's crazy is is like you know this still isn't even full-on decriminalization yet but i mean any step when we change the law is a step towards decriminalization and i mean california was already pretty cool you got a ticket if you had up to announce like up till today you got a ticket you didn't get arrested, taken to jail. They probably took your weed, gave you a ticket, and then you had court dates, and you could either just pay the fine and stick with the low-class misdemeanor that probably got, in a lot of cases, could get expunged, or you could ask for a trial. Um, so, uh, and, and I believe a lot of people that asked for trials used to get these cases thrown out. Now it's just an infraction period. You pay your $100 fine, and that's that. We've got a clip for this, don't we? Yeah, it basically says pretty much what we just said, but we'll roll it anyway. Roll it anyway, just cool. so that you get the authority. <laughs> That's right. MSNBC, folks. Media. The authority. <laughs> That's where one new law will be watching that goes into effect tomorrow, California's new approach to uh, regulating marijuana. It'll become the most permissive in the nation. Now, California rejected a uh, proposed legislation in the election that would have decriminalized it. It's still a violation, but possession of less than an ounce as of tomorrow will no longer be a crime and will be punishable only by a fine of up to $100. So it's basically treated like a traffic offense, like a traffic ticket. Governor Schwarzenegger approved that he said it will save the state the expense of tens of thousands of trials and there were something like 60,000 arrests for violating marijuana laws in the state last year. There you have it. 
So there you've got it from the official source, Authority. Hey, so um, a lot of my friends lately have been telling me that the first question they get asked when they get pulled over is not any longer license and registration. You know what question it is, Matt? (laughs) Yeah, you've told me this. How how much weed do you have in your car? Before they even even say hello anymore, how much weed do you have in your car? Yeah, they probably want to catch you off guard, huh? You're like, skip the do you. Dude, they don't even ask you. You know, they don't say hi. They don't. They don't ask for your license or your registration or your your proof of insurance. Do you know why it's, I pulled you over? Because I wanted to see how much weed you had in your car. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not. No. I, I'm not. I'm not making this up, dude. Like I've talked to, <laughs> I've talked to in the last several months. I've talked to like at least like three or four people that have told me that that was the first thing they asked them specifically. No hello. No nothing. How much, how much weed do wow. you have in your, and one of them said, if it's less than 25 pounds, we don't really care about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And, the, and, the, and, the, and the guy was like, no, man, I only have six pounds. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, we're going to have to arrest you. But you said you wouldn't, you didn't care if it was under 25 pounds. You said you didn't care if it was under 25 pounds. You lied to me. Well, guess what, son? I don't have to tell you the truth. We're allowed to. We're allowed to. It's okay. It's okay. We can do that. It's part of the game. So, yeah, people in California, it is now just a ticketable civil civil infraction. But Mm. just because you get pulled over and you're like, ha-ha, it's less than an ounce or whatever, I'd still still play. Yeah, mind your rights. Know your rights. Don't tell them shit. Just... uh, you know, it's it's best it's it's best to get no infractions. So, so um, I have a question about this. Then, if mm-hmm. if if someone if I am pulled over and you know sure. my and there's a smell of weed coming out of my vehicle, is that probable cause to search? Now that mm-hmm. it's well, I guess yes because it's illegal still. Uh-huh. It's not legal still. So right. yeah, you know, it always has been probable cause to search. But the thing that's crazy about probable cause in Northern California is like. Everyone smells like weed. Like how? I mean, just because <laughs> you smell like weed it? doesn't just because you smell like weed doesn't mean you've done anything illegal. True. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, th- now now we can you know you could smell like it and could be doing something completely legal. So how could it be probable cause just the smell? I, I don't know because simply because a hundred pounds of weed would be illegal or whatever, or four pounds or whatever would be illegal. Well, it smelled like it was at least eighty to eighty-five pounds or more. I bet um, it smelled like he was growing dope in his trunk. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I bet we can look forward to the uh, the courts hearing this one. What someone saying that you and someone actually saying that it is no longer probable cause the smell is no longer probable cause. Yep, that's interesting. I, I, I uh, you know, I, I don't look forward to anyone having to argue that, but I kind of do, I guess, just to see how it turns out because it does seem weird that it can be probable cause. Because I mean, you could be trimming; that's legal, right? It's legal to trim weed, but mm-hmm. uh, and you could smell terrible and not have any any weed on you other than the resin on your fingers and not have smoked anything, but smell just like you're growing weed in your trunk. Right. You could be working at a dispensary, you know, in a grow room at a dispensary. Right. And I mean, it's a strong, it's a strong, strong smell. Speaking of grow rooms and dispensaries, um, let's move on to the Bay area. Um, Oakland, as we've reported, 
show before. Yes, big, big monster warehouses. You guys are trying to move forward with Oaksterdam, Oakland being the the epicenter of marijuana on the West Coast in the world, I guess, uh, um, for that matter. But um, Oakland has approved, what's it, four large industrial-sized warehouses to grow um, and process marijuana. Um, and, and Berkeley right next door has approved six. So that's 10. I mean, those are, those cities basically connect with each other. So they're trying to have 10 really, really big, um, industrial, uh, what, 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 what factory farmed marijuana indoors. Uh, Jeff Wilcox, um, is, uh, the owner of a company called Agromed Inc. And, um, he has invested about $20 million on the, uh, commercialization of pot in california yeah he um he hopes to so he's wanting to put together like a business-like industrial park for the cannabis industry down in the oakland area and uh, he wants to lease the space to pot growers bakeries labs processing facilities etc etc and he wants to create well-paying um, lots and lots of well-paying jobs. We're down at the, at the bottom of this story. If you want to link to it, you can check out the site and link to it. He says that entry-level jobs will pay about forty thousand uh, a year. Average aver- average jobs um, will be about seventy-three thousand a year, and top managers will probably make about two hundred thousand a year. Um, yeah, I might be applying for one of those gigs. See, <laughs> sounds but, like uh, a good gig, actually. <laughs> So here's what's going on is uh, Oakland wants to move forward with this, but they're a little concerned now because since Prop 19 did not pass, uh, I guess the um, attorney general's office uh, has kind of warned them a little bit more that uh, the city itself is kind of um, maybe aiding these companies in uh, moving forward with breaking federal and even state law at this point. Because the concern here is in California, you're supposed to operate your marijuana, which I do not think this is cool. I, I, I think marijuana should be able to be a business like any other. But in California currently, by state law, you're supposed to operate your business as a not-for-profit or a non-profit. And it's, these companies are going to make profit. I'm pretty sure they're going to they're going to turn some sort of profit here. And so they are kind of slowing down. It seems like the city of Oakland is slowing this down to try and re reconfigure this thing so that it does make it clear that these companies have to act as nonprofits, not for profits, whichever form. But, uh, that's kind of what's going on in Oakland. Um, but we've talked about this in the past, uh, what, what we, t- we took a bet, didn't we? I said, uh, I said, none of them will get busted. Who picked one of them will get busted? Um, was we're, what we're wondering here is how fast the feds are going to come in and shut this down. Right. And, um, preemptively. Th- was that right. one of our choices then in that discussion preemptively? <laughs> well, how, how would you preempt? I mean, like, like you know, assassination by assassination, like that sort of preempt. I mean, I don't know what they can uh, even like, do. Like now, like, like now they're just because they're talking about, you know, hey, if, uh, if you guys go ahead with this, we're going to look at it like a organized drug cartel yeah, or totally. know, drug operation. They're ta- yeah, they're talking they about do it yet. I mean, they're, ta- they're threatening the city of Oakland, saying that they're conspiring to yeah. break federal law and that they can be held liable or something. I don't even know what the consequences of that could be then. I mean, are they talking about throwing like city attorneys and like uh, city council members in jail or just suing 
suing the city of Oakland. You know, I, I, I can't even can't even imagine. But uh, anyway, this is going to be a big deal, and we're going to have to watch it um, play out. And we're and there's a lot of people that are probably very very happy that the <laughs> in the industry that are happy that the federal government may step in because these are big 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 uh factories and they're going to produce a lot of weed and there is as we all know in california there's a lot of small business people in this and uh they they are, are worried about competing with big companies like this so perhaps uh perhaps a lot of these people are thrilled i don't know it'd be good to hear from you guys out there what do you think good bad thing are you stoked that that they that they that these uh these big warehouses might get shut down um what do you guys think uh, we'd love to hear from you on this issue. So, what Absolutely. else we got? What's going here? off uh, Humboldt County? Humboldt County. Oh, gotta yeah. love this. So, Humboldt County currently. Okay, so Humboldt County consists of several different municipalities, uh, but the two the two bigger ones that are cities are, are Eureka and Arcata. Uh, Eureka and Arcata have already. Um, set their own uh, medical marijuana ordinances, both for um, uh, residential um, patient growing and then for dispensaries um, and, uh, you know, like uh, wholesale uh, growers, basically. But um, they... um, this, the county, however, did not have – they had an ordinance that dealt with residential growing, but it was very – it's very loose, loosely interpreted. It, it really made it to where like – wouldn't you agree with this, Matt, to where there like were no rules really in the county? Yeah, especially at the level of prosecution that there there has been. I mean like they, they didn't have – so like if you – if, if if the cops came to your house and looked at, there wasn't any like guideline for them to really go, well, this is legal or this is illegal. So they pretty much just picked and choose, were picking and choosing based off of, well, you seem to be a good person. Your place looks nice, blah, blah, blah. You don't have any guns. We haven't gotten any complaints, whatever, whatever. Now they're talking about setting the guidelines nearly as strict as the city of Eureka and Arcata have. It looks like they're going to do, I can't remember what their proposed um, canopy space is, but it's relatively small, and the watt limitations are going to be about 1,200 watts. That's what they're discussing again. Uh, There is going to be a meeting on, um, looks like on the 6th, which is this week, and then on the 14th as well, um, where they are likely going to go ahead and, and, and push a, a new ordinance through this month. Um, they will be talking, they will determine the guidelines for the different dispensaries, but they are going to make the residential growing guidelines way more strict. Uh, give cops an idea of what they, of how to prosecute people. And they keep using the word regulation. Regulation, mm-hmm. regulation, regulation. I beg to differ. It's not a. Re- this isn't a regulatory matter. They're setting limits that end up getting people arrested. There's a difference between regulation right. and criminal criminal penalties. Um, and in this in this process, they try to, to 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 pretend like they're regulating something when in fact what they're doing is setting a guideline for a cop to be able to determine whether you should be busted and go through the court system. To me, that's a little right. different yeah. than. Reg- in regulation. Um, my biggest problem with this, one of the things that I liked before about them kind of not having a stance on this mm-hmm. is that it was kind of supportive of the fact that this area thrives on the marijuana trade. And now they're going to put in a strict guideline because some people are complaining about some of the, you know, the negative, the negative consequences of our marijuana industry up here. An example, the, the, the home fires, the home invasions, 
those things, which suck. But I mean, it's not the vast majority of people in this industry don't burn their houses down and they don't get invaded regularly. I mean, these are problems. Why don't they do a education program to go out and make sure and help people make sure their scenes are, are, are safe. And, and why don't they go after people in this community that are trying to rob people and hurt people instead of like, you know, coming at us like now, now they're coming at us like you're criminals again, even though we, you know, and it gives them the ability to prosecute people, even though they know that what's going on is a function and keeps this place afloat. Um, I don't know. It seems, seems like a bit, it seems a bit hypocritical in my opinion. How do you guys feel about it? Yeah, I'm surprised that it's going in that direction in Humboldt and yeah, it doesn't, I didn't know uh, up till just recently that they were proposing this. Is this hearing going to be open to people? Is this this isn't a done deal yet, right? It's not a done deal yet. However, they've already re- written the draft proposal. Apparently, let me, let me get to these this, these meetings. Yeah, they're they're open meetings. Mm-hmm. This story is kind of long here, um, so it's hard to find the spot. Let's see uh, the supervisor. There's a meeting on the what did I say the sixth. And the 14th, I believe. And then there's something else on the 11th here. This story, this story right here doesn't get into it too much, but they are public meetings. They're at the board. I mean, they're at the like super at the board of supervisors, you know, regular meetings or whatever, where you can have comment. Um, yeah. So we'll have to get back to you guys more on that. It looks like they, it looks like they might be talking about January 11th now. So we may even have one more. We'll probably have one more episode before, before the meeting here, but <clears throat> they're being kind of wishy-washy on, yeah, <clears throat> and um, they really didn't aren't addressing outdoor yet with this either. So, which is a big issue. Oh. But um, yeah, I just think it's I, I don't know. I just, it's for me, it's like they want to want to make strict. It's like you've said, it can go backwards. So, and um, you know, I mean, because even if they do this, nothing's going to change. They make change the rules, people. What nothing's going to change. I mean, so they so now they can prosecute more people when they want to. I mean, where where's the sense? They, they're talking. I mean, one minute they're talking about you know being monumental and legalizing marijuana, collecting taxes on it, and everything, and having some sort of regulation system into where you can get licensed through the county, et cetera, et cetera. And now they're now they're talking about putting rules in that'll have people arrested again, increase drug task force kind of a activity reaction action reaction thing. It's just it's just it's so it's so crazy from where we were a few months ago. Um and, and it won't change anything. The same amount of people in this area are gonna be growing weed and doing it just like yeah. they were, but now they'll be able to be prosecuted if the county determines that's what they want to do. And and you know, I just I think it's hypocritical and I, I do think it's a step backwards. But um we will cover more on that in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got a it's medical an interesting thing. What's this coming out of uh, Santa Cruz County? Well, you know, uh, during the holiday season, um, often there are food drives. It's a very common thing to see people trying to uh, raise some food for people that might need it for over the holiday season donations. And uh, this dispensary here had their own take on it. And I think we have a clip if I'm right, Cogs. Is that is that cool? Yes, sir. Let's let's roll that one, Cami. Yep. 
How much food do we have? Melody is a patient at Granny Perps, a medical marijuana dispensary in Soquel, and today donated food for Granny Perps' holiday food drive. But from November until Christmas Eve, Melody and other patients got a complimentary pre-rolled marijuana joint for every four cans, up to three joints a day. This kind of promotion, I mean, it, you don't even know how many people it's helped out. It's helped people that are hungry, and it's helped people like me that need medication. I have this happy little band here, and it's because I've had um, surgery from cancer. The promotion worked really well. Granny Perps took in around 11,000 pounds of food for Second Harvest Food Bank while handing out 2,000 joints to patients. Granny says wow. people might be surprised by the results, <laughs> but shouldn't be. Because the collective is a very compassionate place. Everybody that works mm. here, everybody that comes in here, we're all interested in helping people and making people better. So a food drive goes right along with that. Granny Perp says offering incentives is not much different in principle from what many businesses do to stimulate donations, and a very appreciative food bank agrees. Well, some of our bigger contributors have been struggling to make their goals, and you know these smaller events, you know where these stores are raising 10, 12, 15,000 pounds of food, are really beginning to be a major contributor to our coffers, and so um, it's it's really important for us to find businesses that that have the zeal to actually go out and, and make a difference. There you have it. Well, yes, and a little no and a little sweet noise action at the end, just for everybody listening. <laughs> so yeah, why Man, not? It's got Stoners, to be one of the coolest things I've ever heard Stoners, of ever. Stoners are great people. We always like free joints, and we always have a lot of extra canned food that we bought when we were high at the grocery store one time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I your mean, cabinets look like? <laughs> Dude, I mean, I've got, I, I don't even, can't even tell you how many cans of, extra cans of black beans and, 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 and different, you know, different types of beans I've got, man. Yeah, for sure. And plus, like, you know, once you start smoking weed, you want to eat fresh food anyway. So the canned food just sits oh. around, sits around. So you might as well go exchange it for your free dube. Sounds like a plan right. to me. It's a win-win. So, win. It's a win-win-win. That's really cool. Um. <laughs> That's really cool. I I I, uh, I I'm I think it's funny that that that's uh, that was their their method there. Uh, by the way, just so you know, all these places that give away free joints, it's shake. Okay, it's it's trim. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not grade A bud broken down from flowers all the time. It's trim. They 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 buy trim and they they give give away joints of trim. So now you know. Now you know. <laughs> now you know. Hey. Uh, are we moving on to uh, to? So yeah, are we going to talk kind of a we're gonna talk, special treat of the day? I think. Yeah, we cover Michigan quite a bit. We've talked about Michigan a lot in the past, and it looks like we're going to get our one of our first Michigan experts on here, Brandy Zink. Um, yeah. she's she's, uh, uh, she's an excellent example of an intelligent female um, reformer, active reform get, activist, and uh, nice. yeah. Nice. She's gonna let's get her the on the line. Yeah, let's get her on the line. See, uh, see what's going on. Um, we've got Brandy Zink on the line. Brandy, you're a um, you're an activist in Michigan, right? Yes, that's correct. I live in Michigan now, but I got my start in Ohio. Okay. What do you what I, what uh what what what'd you do in Ohio? Well, I about 2000 i was approached by someone who uh, had a petition to decriminalize marijuana in the city of columbus 
-hmm. And I was ignorant to the process that we actually had the power through the petition to be able to change the government and change the law. And it made sense to me that, yes, of course, I'll sign this petition. And not only will I sign it, I will do everything that collect every signature mm -hmm. until uh, marijuana is legal. Awesome. Hey, you know what, Brandy? <laughs> you, you told me about uh, um, Kenny Yuko and did, did the representative from Ohio. Were you, mm -hmm. weren't you involved with uh, kind of bringing him up to speed on the information he needed to understand this issue? And Yes, I, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, meet Representative Yuko in maybe 2002, I believe, and uh, he was running for state representative. I approached him at a Democratic state dinner, mm -hmm. and I spoke to him about this issue. I knew that he had MS and that he was a champion for stem cell research. So I thought that he would be understanding and sympathetic to the medical cannabis issue. Awesome. And it turns out, rightly so. <laughs> so. Yes, after several years of, of educating him and working with him and other members of the Ohio House, we were able to introduce several bills for medical marijuana legislation awesome. in Ohio. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, none of those bills were ever able to be signed into legislation. Yeah, but, you know, it has to start somewhere. So That's I, right. And I remember, I recall Rep Representative Yuko saying, you know, I'm going to be out of here soon because of, you know, term limits or whatnot. He said, but, uh, or he's going to retire. He said, uh, but this is going to keep going on and on and on and on and on until they pass this because it makes sense. It's right and it's what should happen. So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. In Ohio, there was a big push by patients themselves. I helped co-found the Ohio Patient Network, mm -hmm. along with Mary Jane Borden and several other, the uh, Zaretic family, Dee Dee and Joe Zaretic, mm -hmm. who uh, Joe Zaretic passed away a few years ago. And uh, the effort in Ohio was uh, a good, strong effort. We got a lot of support from different legislators and uh, building coalitions. But I think the path for Ohio will be similar to Michigan, where Michigan did it through the power of the ballot. Right. I think right, that that's so that's uh, how we'll see some success there. That's where you are now, correct? You are in Michigan. Yes. I, I decided to, uh, after 10 years of working very hard in Ohio, uh, wanted to step into the new legal market in mm -hmm. Michigan and help uh, get the program implemented and established and help serve people and also to be a legal medical cannabis patient myself. What is your what What is your position in Michigan? Who do you work for and what do you do? Well, I, uh, I started out working with the Michigan Medical Marijuana Association. I was hired on as their executive director, and we okay. worked to uh, travel around the state and help uh, educate people on how to get legal and stay legal and, you know, provide them support services if necessary. And now I'm fortunate enough to work at the Cannabis Council Law Firm for attorney Matthew Abel and his partners. Excellent. Excellent. So we were hoping, we, were, we had great hopes that you would be able to give us a on-the-spot kind of uh, Michigan update of what's going on in their state. Can you give us kind of an overview of what's been happening lately, What what's trending, sure. where's uh, it going? Well, for a lot of people who may not know, the Michigan passed the Medical Marijuana Act in 2008, and it was implemented uh, in April of 2009 is when the program for the registry began. Uh, currently, we have about 50,000 registered patients and an unknown number of caregivers. The Department of Community Health, who is in charge of issuing the registration cards, is several months behind. By law, they're supposed to produce the ID card within 21 days, mm -hmm. and it's my card took 108 days to arrive. So that's causing a lot of uh, 
um, confusion for law enforcement, for, for patients and caregivers, you know, and uh, the department has failed to react, um, you know, in, in a timely manner. Right. And the Department of Community Health has also failed to, there's a, a limited number of conditions that would be qualifying conditions for someone to become a, a legal patient. Mm -hmm. And there is a process in Michigan that hasn't started where there is a petition process through the Department of Community Health where they're going to have to review and add new conditions, and they have failed to do that as well. Mm -hmm. So we'd like to see the department be able to use the funding that they have instead of the funding going to the general fund to stay within the program so that it can be adequately staffed and it can function in the, in the manner in which the, the people have voted it to be intended to, to work. Right. Thanks. Well, uh, do, we've been covering some stuff lately. They've, it seems like there's chaos going on over there to some degree, from outsider point of view anyway. At least that's the way the media mm -hmm. is pitching it. And it seems like some cities are trying to put moratoriums or banning dispensaries, and some of them are, are convoluting their laws to such a degree that it makes it you know, dysfunctional. I think that you're right. I think that um, in some areas, I, I wouldn't necessarily go so far as to call it chaos. Right. It's okay. clearly that even though we had a, a vote that we're not going to undo yeah. a lot of the stigma and the reefer madness, and, and so that's what you see a lot of uh, in the news. Mm -hmm. I have a, a feeling that Sheriff Bouchard, who's the Oakland County Sheriff who conducted raids on a few dispensaries yeah. in Michigan, that he doesn't personally have any issue with cannabis or marijuana, but that it's uh, somehow in his mind he thinks it's going to be politically beneficial to his career if he's a hard-ass yeah. uh -huh. on it. Um, so... Uh, Really clearly, when you just look at the numbers, and it passed over 50% in every county. So the overwhelming majority of the people are with it, and it's the politicians who are lagging behind. Oh, you mean when so they're... Moratoriums... Um, is that... Is, I'm sorry, can I interrupt? Is that 50% in regards to the support that, that, that was the garnered state. for the for the um, vote in 2008, or is that for yeah. people that support dispensaries oh. themselves? Because I draw a big distinction here where... I mean, the law itself says nothing about dispensaries, so, um, I mean, obviously we're going to have to see you guys figure it out in the court what the, the court's kind of going to decide on what's legal and, not, and what's not legal as far as uh, dispensaries operations go. So I kind of see the two things being separate issues, and I'm wondering if you could speak to mm -hmm. the support that you see for dispensaries in general. Ah. I think, um, um, yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, the, what I was speaking of is that the Medical Marijuana Act was passed by 50%, mm -hmm. over 50% sure. every county, 63% statewide. And in some counties, like um, in an Arbor, in Washtenaw County, it passed by 75%. So clearly there are areas that are, are much more open and progressive to it. And those areas that are the more open and progressive are most likely the areas that, on a local level, they're either not... Uh, enforcing the uh, issue on dispensaries or they're working to create ordinances that would license or permit dispensaries. Mm -hmm. and, and the act itself is silent on them. So, you know, it's they're not protected, but they're not prohibited either. And uh, there is a recent court decision in Isabella County, which is um, from a, what I'd like to say, a very compassionate and wise judge, mm -hmm. where he voted, or rather his, his opinion on a recent court case that was uh, compassionate apothecary, mm -hmm. and he ruled that the patient-to-patient -patient transfer is legal. And most of the dispensary models in Michigan are based upon patient-to-patient, -patient, 
where in the definition of medical use, you're allowed to possess, but you're also able to transfer, to transport, to acquire, et cetera. So under the patient-to-patient transfer uh, theory, that's where most of the dispensaries are trying to operate within the state law as, as written. Okay. So even it was in the medical cannabis community, I think that a lot of people in the beginning didn't really understand what a dispensary, what the purpose or, or what, what they really are. They hear things in California, but you know, Michigan was the 13th state. So California, while they were the first and, and the pioneers, they're not the only ones. And right. in, certainly within California themselves, there are wonderful, wonderful models of what a dispensing sure. collective can be. So now that that sure. idea, that there's better education, and I think more patients understand that, yes, this is, in fact, a good thing for safe access. Right. We have a caregiver model here in Michigan where – uh, a patient can grow 12 of their own plants, or they can give oh, that really? right to grow to a caregiver. Okay. Right. So a caregiver may grow for up to five patients, and, um, in, in, including themselves for a, a total. Is that five it. total? Is that five total including themselves or six? Including no, that would be themselves. six including themselves. So six times 12 would be 72 plants mm-hmm. for what mm-hmm. we would call a fully loaded caregiver. Fully loaded. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I bet there's. I bet there's but there's a handful of fully loaded caregivers. Double barrel fully loaded. Yeah, I bet you. Yeah. <laughs> and let me tell you that the quality, um, Michigan, people here in Michigan are very, very proud of, of their state. And I must say that the quality of the medicine in Michigan has greatly improved in the last two years. And Michigan, we are one of the, um, you know, we've been hit hardest, I think, for the economics um, of this recession. Mm-hmm. And seeing that potential for, um, you know, medical cannabis businesses and all these side businesses, too, have popped up. Different right. hydroponic stores, medical clinics, information centers, all kinds of other side businesses that are offering support services and, and giving jobs and revitalizing it's our It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. <laughs> huh? it, it's, it, it actually works to, uh, for a little economic growth, huh? Mm-hmm. I think it's almost <laughs> got, immune. Got love it. I think Canada business is almost immune to the impacts of the the um, financial recession, the national recession. I mean, I people were so. still I, buying I still weed. I think so. That's right. People they couldn't get medicine. the good bread, but they were getting weed. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, well, here in Michigan, a lot of people are, are having difficulties going back to the caregiver patient model and why I think that it was meant and designed uh, during a time when we were under a different administration during a time where uh, the DEA was going and enforcing federal law, now that we have the proclamation from Obama, mm-hmm. we had hoped that we would be able to, uh, you know, have an atmosphere of safety. Certainly, we see that in Colorado, where uh, their business has boomed since uh, Obama's proclamation that he won't use uh, and waste federal resources to uh, prosecute patients who are illegal under state law. Right. However, recently there have been several raids in Michigan mm-hmm. by the DEA who we believe are acting as rogues and, and, you know, they were able to get a a, a federal judge and a a Lansing to issue a search warrant on caregivers who are operating as a collective. And uh, so this, this goes back to the access The 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 caregiver patient model was created so that the uh, caregivers would never be large enough so that the DEA would have any interest where usually, Mm -hmm. 
on a federal level, even, you know, anything, as we all know, from a seed to a giant tree is illegal. But in general, if you stay under your 100 plant, 100 pound rule, the, the federal government doesn't have much interest in going after you. Mm-hmm. So this big yeah. DEA rate, rate netted a total of 40 plants. Oh, my gosh. Wow. 40, 40, 40, <laughs> 40 is a sophisticated road unit. Sophisticated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very sophisticated. Hey, under the caregiver, under the caregiver model that Michigan and that you guys have in Michigan now, do you, do you feel, so let's say that, that, they, that your course decide that the sensory is completely illegal in Michigan and, and then and the state moves more towards stopping them all and you have, you have no more dispensaries in dispensary. Well, I don't have a crystal ball, um, but I do see that it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a few years before we see any resolution to uh, this discussion. Uh, in Michigan, whether dispensaries are, are legal or not. They're clearly not addressed at all in the state statute. And um, I find I want to point out that Sheriff Bouchard, who was one of the largest opponents of this when um, before the law was passed, and he said, don't vote for this because it will allow dispensaries. Oh. We don't know Sheriff Bouchard. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, my, um, my, my apologies, my mistake. I mean, Attorney General Bill Schuette. Attorney General Bill Schuette, who was recently elected, he is the one who said that he didn't want folks to vote for this because it would allow dispensary. So we're hoping that we can hold him to his previous opinion <laughs> that dispensaries right. are, in fact, legal under the statute. And, and I also think that the, the genie's out of the bottle there is no way that they're going to be able to come back and, and take this away. Um, we have too many qualified caregivers producing medicine and high-quality medicine for the patients who need it. And we've seen too many people whose lives have been benefited by this so amazingly so. You know, people yeah. are going back to work because they're you know, able to get off the couch from their pain. or their, you know, I have epilepsy, so um, I have something that has not been able to be treated by traditional medicine. And I have found such a great benefit since I'm able to move to a legal state. Mm. I have never been in better health. Really, that's and, and I know that that is I know that that is true for for the vast majority of, of patients here. Uh, unfortunately, uh, many patients have have passed on. They have cancer. They have AIDS. They have some other debilitating terminal illness, and so we we will see that, of course, as well. But I, I think that overwhelmingly this law has benefited so, so many people, and, and it, we, we're no stopping us. Awesome. Awesome. We'll keep up the good work over there in Michigan for sure. Can I ask Thank you about you. Um, Thank you. How, how, how you medicate? For, how, how, do, how do you best medicate for epilepsy? What's, uh, what's your method? Um, well, it, I guess uh, there's so many. I've... I've Utilize as many methods as I can, vaporization, tinctures, edibles. I really do prefer tinctures for uh, daily maintenance and then a vapor or smoke if I need an immediate, uh, more faster-acting relief. And what would be the effect? The direct effect would be you just would not have seizures. Well, um, they don't completely stop my seizures, but it suppresses them. It helps Hmm. with the after effects. 
and I definitely have them less frequently. Uh, so it's greatly improved my quality of life. That, that's for sure. I, I wouldn't be able to work at a law firm and, you know, work uh, 14 hours a day sure. uh, and have all that stress and that pressure without being able to uh, be healthy and medicate. Mm-hmm. So it really gives you a chance at life. Yes, it has. Mm-hmm. And, and for so many others it's as amazing. well. It's amazing that almost on its face just sounds corny because it's so profound and, you know, personal. But it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's amazingly true. There's so many thousands. If I may share with you, yes, it it is very personal. And I uh, recently, about a month or so ago, went to a meeting in Battle Creek, the city of Battle Creek, which is uh, where uh, Kellogg's, uh, the cornflake guy, (laughs) where they're from. And uh, if anyone's ever seen that movie, The Road to Wellville, there's a sanitarium, they used to call them there, kind of like a a health spa Mm -hmm. where people will go to heal and get better. Well, Kellogg from Battle Creek, used cannabis tinctures before prohibition oh. uh, for, for medicine. So I was recently able to go to the city of Battle Creek where they're trying to put a moratorium mm-hmm. and in effect that would completely ban the ability for you to use or medicate even in your own home or to be able to cultivate in your own, which would violate the state statute. And there's 150 or more patients and their families and caregivers showed up and we each person had the opportunity to address the council and to see people. I saw a young gentleman about 20 something years old who you wouldn't realize, but he has MS, you know, and he had a cane, he had to walk up and, and he came out of the closet, not only about his cannabis use, but the fact that he had MS. And, you know, that speaks a lot to me that someone would have to uh-huh. come to a public meeting, disclose this very private personal information and, and it certainly had an effect on the council when they heard a hundred people stand up and tell their personal story. So I, I want to send this message to everyone that when we stand up and we speak and, and we address our council or we address our, our lawmakers who are elected by us to represent us, mm-hmm. they don't know what we need until we speak out and we tell them. And and I know that uh, I'm lucky in Michigan, but I worked in Ohio for a long time where we didn't have any protected status. Mm-hmm. And I know that most of the country lives under that, that too. And there are right. patients everywhere. And I want to implore everyone who can hear this that your voice matters, your voice makes a difference. I was able to develop a relationship with State Representative Hugo and Senator Bob Hagan from Ohio and, and so many others who once they're educated. Once their eyes are open and, and, you know, they hear your voice, they really do hear it, and it's just up to us to speak out. Right. And then your, their brain could never go back to the dimensions before they knew all this new information. Right? I'm sorry? I said then they're, they're, once you expand their minds to, to what's going on and, and give them all this information, their, brain, their minds can never go back to the original dimensions where they didn't know this before they knew all this stuff. So it's That's a permanent change. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like once you learn the truth, you just can't, you, like you've said before, Jamie, once you learn the truth, yeah. you can't turn away from it. I mean, these, the, yeah, when you see the, when you see these occurrences um, and you see people talking about their, their conditions and how cannabis relieves their pain and their symptoms, it's very powerful. And to see people doing it in states where they're not protected, these people are heroes. Mm-hmm. And um, right. it takes a lot. 
it takes a lot to come out of the closet um, with your cannabis use um, states where you're very scared of how police will treat you regarding it. And, um, I mean, I lived in a state, I lived in Kentucky, where, where I constantly felt fearful of the police and their actions towards me for using cannabis. And, um, and that was, you know, and, 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 um, and that's how everyone feels when they do this, and, and it's huge that they're, they're able to, to, to come out and do it. And um, all of you guys that are out there listening that have done this, Thank you so much for uh, for putting it out there. It's, it's it's what's necessary for us to keep moving forward. It's always very very powerful. So um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. If well, I may, I'd like to uh, give a little plug uh, for for anyone who is interested in learning more about medical cannabis and uh, getting in touch with your legislators. Americans for Safe Access is a group I've had the privilege of working with for many years, mm-hmm. and they are the nation's largest group that is uh, in support of medical marijuana and and advancing the uh, therapeutic science and study. And they have wonderful tools on how to teach yourself, on how to become an advocate for yourself. And uh, their website is Mm americansforsafeaccess.org. And I urge you to join them, read their, uh, their website and their newsletter, and get involved and get active because that's the only way we're going to be able to see this change sweep the nation. And I do think that 2011 is going to be a year of great change. You're going to see a lot of news about uh, initiatives all over the state, from Ohio to Colorado to California again. Um, I'm sure there will be other states as well. Sure. So yeah, there's going to be, going to be a, a very big and busy year. Very big, very big. I mean, even uh, Washington may even have a full-on legalization vote uh, at the end of 2011 because they do have a, um, they have an election in 2011. Yeah, so there's gonna, you're right. There's going to be a lot of stuff this year. Th- thank you so much. Thank you so much for mm-hmm. for uh, for joining us today. Can we uh, can we uh, have you back on the show when we have more Michigan talk or? Um, Absolutely, and thank you, Jamie. I would be my honor and my privilege. Thank you. Good, good. We're lucky to have you. Hey, before you go out here, can you just tell us a couple sentences, just quickly? You were fortunate enough to go to Kushkan, too, weren't you? Yes, I was. I I was very, very glad to be able to go to the Kushkan. So so how was it? I've been to Denver a few times, but I don't believe I'd really gotten to explore uh, the city and see that Colorado, I want to applaud you and the great, great work that you're doing for medical cannabis. There's a beautiful, thriving industry there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the KushCon convention was billed as the, the largest cannabis lifestyle convention, and so that encompasses more than just the medical applications. But I think the vast majority of the vendors, it was, it was a trade mm-hmm. um, trade expo, uh, I'd like to, to liken it to, where Vendors for uh, wholesaling to uh, you know cannabis businesses and dispensaries. Right. It was a cannabis. Uh, but one of the things that I was most impressed with was the uh, certainly the speakers, mm-hmm. Cheryl Schumann and Michael Lerner. They were the yeah. organizers of this wonderful event, and they pulled together some of the top people in the industry and had some of the most enlightening and inspiring panels and speaking that I have ever had the privilege of seeing. You know, I've been all over the country. I've been to dozens and dozens of conventions, and I must say that this is the one where the panelists, Governor Gary Johnson, who may run for president on the Republican ticket, he came out of the closet as a medical marijuana patient after he had suffered terrible injury, I believe, skiing or snowboarding. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, his courage to be able to speak out clearly 
and, uh-huh. and emphatically in, in favor of not just medical marijuana, but the cannabis liberation and, and legalization. And, and of all the harms of prohibition, the, the speakers were, were so powerful. Like, I cannot emphasize that enough. Stephen D'Angelo from the Harborside Health Center, mm-hmm. one of the premier dispensaries. Mm-hmm. Steph Scherer, the executive director of Americans for Safe Access. Um, Attorney Matthew Abel uh, from Michigan, from the Cannabis Council. You know, so many powerful, inspiring speakers. Mason Tevert, Aaron Houston, from formerly of MPP, now working with Students for Sensible Drug Policy. So they brought all of the top heavy hitters. And the other thing that struck me about the uh, the KUSCON um, that's unique to Colorado because of their um, new regulations, right. they're wanting to track every bit of the, the cannabis from seed to patient. Wow. And right. um, I'm not necessarily a big fan of over-regulation, but I do think that in this mm. industry, for us to have legitimacy and safety, quality, that we need to have some type of regulations um, in place. So uh, Colorado, the medical companies, I was flabbergasted to see yeah. companies making salsa, awesome. hot sauce, ice cream, <laughs> oh. um, all different kinds of, of edibles and foods and, and, and sodas, teas, juices, wonderful wow. ways for people to get the medicine without without smoking. Awesome. So frankly, smoking is a good method of ingestion, but for many people, we need to find other options. And sure. and I, I applaud Colorado and, and what deal. they're doing out so, there. Uh, so bottom line, uh, KushCon 3, are you, are you down? I'm down with KushCon 3, and I'm <laughs> hoping that KushCon will come to Detroit, Michigan. Oh, yeah. Because Detroit nah. is, is where – Detroit can be the new Denver or the next Denver because we have such an opportunity here for, for – uh, those who are looking to expand their business or start a business here, <laughs> our real sure. estate is low, and and there yeah. are certain areas here that are being revitalized. There is an entire street that is quietly being bought up by different people who are now opening businesses. And I know that in the summer of uh, 2011, we're going to see the new Detroiter Dam is going to open, and they're going to be <laughs> really impressed. And I want to invite people to come to Michigan because if you're a legal card holder in another state. Michigan yeah. is one of the four states that recognizes you. So we have a great tourism. Pure Michigan is absolutely a beautiful state, and I invite all of you to come visit, and uh, we'd love to have you. Cool. Well spoken. Yeah. We yeah, have hundreds we'll of dispensaries, too. I, I, I want to add that, that we have, uh, despite um, – any moratoriums or challenges in some areas, other areas are welcoming them or tolerating them. Sure. And so hundreds right. of them have popped up and it's very exciting uh, for the patients who need access. People travel hundreds of miles to, to, to come and get their medicine to, from one of these establishments. And uh, it's something sure. that's really a good phenomenon and it's just only going to grow and get better. Awesome. So when I come out there to KushCon 3 in Detroit, will I be able to use my my Cali my Cali recommendation to uh, purchase Absolutely. medicine in in a dispensary? I will. Cool. Yeah, cool. you have a current yeah. valid. That's the, the current and valid um, recommendation or card from another state. We will honor it. We we recognize cool. your your need to medicate. So. Man, lots that's, of information. Uh, yeah, that, that's awesome. We love that. Cool, cool. Well, hopefully they do come to uh, hopefully they do come to Detroit. And um, yeah. yeah, it would be it would be so cool to see Detroit revitalized. Uh,
especially Detroit. You know, did you say Detroit or Dam? Medical cannabis. <laughs> she did. Detroit or Dam. I swear that's the first time I've ever heard that before. That's so cool. Detroit or Dam. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thank yeah, you so much Michigan for your time. Thank you. Thank we're, you. We're proud of what you guys are doing. We've been saying it uh-huh. on the show for about a year. I, right. At first, I used to tell everyone, shh, it's a secret. Michigan's the new place to move if you want to open up shop yeah. and, and have a good can of business. And uh, yeah. the secret is out now. So yeah. you guys have well, 50,000 patients. The, the, yeah. That the census just said um, that the census results came out, and Michigan is the only state in the nation that lost population. Mm. And that that's significant because we lost some of our congressional seats. And uh, it's important that we get – you know, we've had a brain drain. We, all of our youth are leaving. So it would be nice to see people who want to give Michigan a chance and, and, and bring us back I'm, to business. I'm sure, and I'm sure you're seeing that right now with people coming in from your surrounding states at the least. I would get, I mean, I even considered moving out there to Ann Arbor about a year and a half ago after this passed and uh, from reading the law and everything and seeing how it worked, it seemed like a, a potential for me. So I'm sure some people pulled the trigger on that and have done it from, from far away, but especially from your neighboring states, you know, so. Well, um, not just neighboring yeah. states. I get calls every day from all over the country, people from Colorado, people from uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia. I'm amazed at how many of the southern states, because unfortunately, I think it's going to be a very long time, despite yeah. They'll be last. active people. There's a lot of very active, hardworking activists in the South, and I want to acknowledge them and their work as mm-hmm. well, especially Loretta Nall uh, from Alabama. There are so many wonderful activists working so, so hard, and, and I really want to see some relief come to the South, um, but hopefully uh, it will be sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, it's kind of crazy. It's getting to that point to where some of those activists – uh, can just go, you know what, maybe it'd just be easier for me to move to one of these states where it's where uh, things have, have, have made a little progress, you know, and um, I'm not sure if that's well, a good a or a bad thing. Well, there's a man named Richard Lee that did that, and, and Richard Lee, right. we, we saw what, what he did, moving from Texas to, to California and, you know, opening dispensaries in Oakland and, and giving us Prop 19. So uh, I, I'd like to see people be able to stay and fight in their state, if, if but if you can't, well, Come on to Michigan. We'll take you. <laughs> we'll help right, you out. <laughs> right. That's the word. Yep. 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 And we're always taking applications out in California, too. Hey, we, we appreciate this connection. Let's do this again. Yeah, Brandy, thanks Wonderful. for joining us again. Yeah, Thank yeah. Thank you so this much, is, Jamie. This, is, this mm-hmm. is awesome. You rock. Yeah, you do Thank rock. You, you rock. <laughs> we'll, talk <laughs> you. we'll talk to you again you soon. You guys rock. <laughs> cool. All right. Take All right. Care. Well, let's do this again soon. We'll All talk right. to you soon. All okay. right, best wishes to you and everyone in the new year. Thanks. Happy New Year. Happy, happy New Year. year. Hey, you know yeah. what? And happy, happy uh, Jamie Cast Day as well. Yes. Oh, it's your birthday. <laughs> right. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. All right. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> Dear Jamie. I right. love you, Brandon. Right. Take care. Bye bye. Happy birthday to you. To you and many more moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, guys. We'll talk to you later, Brandy. All right. Take care. All right. So that was a really good interview. Matt, she deserves a ding. Dinger. 
Nice. Yeah. A very good fresh baked cookie. <laughs> she was awesome. She was awesome. Uh, well, we will yeah, uh, talk so with her again. Very smart. I'm stoked you did that. Thanks for getting that, making that contact, Jamie. Super awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So, thanks to you, Brandy. Thanks, Brandy. Um, we'll do that again. All right. So, and I think we probably said that like five times in the last couple. We'll do that again. We'll do that again. We'll do that again. We will. In fact, everybody out there listening, we will do that again. I'm just blowing smoke uh, here. No. I'm going to. I'm about to take a bong rip. As we talk about right. cannabis etiquette, right? Because that's what we're moving into, Yay. a little etiquette uh-huh. talk. Yeah, so so we were talking about this. What do you think about this? Well, there's so many things. Maybe we'll just focus kind of on one every each episode. Whatever. Does that sound like a good idea? I don't. We can do whatever. It's organic, man. Okay. Yeah, you just want to focus on one today? Right on. So here's some ideas I didn't know about today, like safe <laughs> green. Okay hits or who starts a bowl or a J or whatever you're sharing or um, I don't know maybe never arrest Willie Nelson for weed yeah that's <laughs> just common sense right <laughs> yeah yeah how about right, say, well, let's start I suggest, with hey wait 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 I got something I just came up with I just got it right. together it's right. it's right. my birthday <laughs> so I get to choose <laughs> nice do that that's choose there I just realized oh, I love his birthday thing it's awesome uh, how about save the green you know what? You know Save what I mean. Okay, so what you're talking about is you're you just I load, loaded. I a load a big fat bowl. It's gorgeous, awesome, amazing. It's, it's a amazing. it's a big bowl. Or it's a bowl you're trying to share with friends, right? Hand it on over. Yep. But you're light. taking the green rip off of it. You're taking the first uh, toke. Um, sure, we could do it that way too. So Thank if you, you take birthday, the first so toke, how do you go about it strategically? What do you do? What are you thinking? What's your thought uh, process? My thought process is lighter, lighter, and hold away from the, you know, up like about maybe three or four inches or something away from the um, piece you're smoking out of, the pipe you're smoking out of, and then slowly uh, move it toward the bowl. I mean, if you don't know how to do this, this is from scratch, okay? Um, and then move it toward the bowl, and, and you can barely get the flame in there. While you're hitting on it, it'll barely get the flame in there, and it'll light just a little piece. And you'll get a nice, fresh, full green hit. And then when you hand it to the next person, they can light this in the same manner, and they can get a good hit as well. Because I guess the the pet peeve here is, and I think everybody hates this when this happens. You light this great, tasty. I mean, it's just amazing. And if you if you're connoisseurs like like a lot of our listeners, I'm sh- I'm sure are, then you know the taste and all that is is a huge part of the the experience. You really you know breed and grow specifically for that. Choose your genetics based on that. So. Um, it, it it sucks when you when you load a lot a big bowl full of this stuff this great quality stuff and then somebody grabs a lighter and lights the whole thing and it's all charred a charred mess and then that's the only green hit that happens. So you're saying try to be like conservative in the amount like try to get try to light as much as it takes for you to get the hit that you want right. and then. Be mindful of those behind you in the smoking rotation so that they, too, can have a similar experience. Exactly. Because you got to figure it this way. I really love this stuff. This is great. It tastes good and all of that stuff you're thinking to yourself. So you have to think at the same time, well, if I do, they probably really like it, too. So it just makes common sense when you think about it. I mean, I I smoked with an old head the other day, like... What was it? 
Um, gosh, it wasn't the other day. It was like forever ago. But anyway, before I started in, in my... <laughs> hey, dude, in, in store, just so you know, in stories, uh, everything was just the other day. It was just, or, yeah, it seemed like it was just the other day. It's amazing how time flies when you're in academia. But anyway, prior to starting that up, I was smoking this guy and I told him that he'd been smoking for like six decades. <laughs> he was an older guy. And, uh, I t- explained that to him and he goes, huh kind of furled his brow a little slightly and thought about it. <laughs> and then he lit the, a little bowl that way. And he was, he was deeply impressed. So it amazes me how many people have smoked a lot of pot, perhaps, and don't realize that simple little thing. And it doesn't just work out of courtesy. I mean, even for yourself, you really dig this taste. This is awesome. Then you want to keep getting the taste. Just light one hit at a time. And you can do that. I mean, I put the lighter right up to the lighter or the lighter right up to the bowl if I was to do that because, you know, I know how to do that. But. See, I, I think you're right for the beginning, but I think there's a point when you want it to cherry and then you don't want to light it as much as possible. You want to just smoke on the cherry because, right. you, I mean, right? Like eventually yeah. you, you get in the bowl, you get the cherry, right? Right, right. And you get less so, you get less uh, of that noxious crap that comes so there, out of light. So, okay, so we just got through the beginning part where you obviously don't need the cherry because you're just trying to barely light it. But then, mm-hmm. then comes a point, and we should, I guess, maybe ask our listeners this later too or get, get to this at another point. Then there comes a point where it's time to decide. You right. have to make the right decision. It's time to cherry it. So when do you go for it? When do you go for, make, for the cherry, dude? <laughs> when? <laughs> you know? Big deal. Well, you can really mess think- this up, man. <laughs> I think maybe uh, I don't know. When do you do that? The last hit or two? No, I, I think it's probably once the entire top is obviously roasted. If it's a thick bowl yeah. and like oh, you know, it's that, got yeah, some depth to it. I think you're right too. You know? I'm changing my answer. I'm agree. I'm in agreement with you. I think that's right because then they're already going to have that taste, that charred taste, right? And if you get a good cherry, I mean, sometimes when you get a good cherry, like right after that top is roasted, you can smoke on that cherry almost until the entire bowl is gone without really having to put much more flame to it. Except you've got your stoner friends that no matter how well the cherry's going, they just they like <laughs> they just light it, you know. You're like, ah! you know? but again, yeah, all of this is just you know, you know what my ultimate solution is: <laughs> smoke is bowls it? to myself, dude. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, absolutely. Hey, uh, like send us your uh, cannabis etiquette or uh, cannabis culture tips or issues. What would you call cannabis culture? Uh, suggestions. <laughs> Maybe we'll feature them on this segment in the near future. You can even come on and we can do, the, we can do this, this uh, segment with you if you want. Ah, that's so. a cool idea. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, um, because we get different perspective from all over the world uh, if we do that. And what's your name <laughs> and where are you from? Okay, and what's right. the cannabis etiquette thing you want to share? Definitely. And, um, but I do. I think you had a really good idea at the beginning of this um, segment, dude. I, don't th- I think it, it, pr- proper cannabis etiquette would be for the cops to never, ever, ever arrest Willie Nelson for weed. Um, Who in like- the world would arrest Willie Nelson uh, <laughs> Snoop Dogg agrees, right? Snoop Snoop knows what we're talking about. I love this right? guy; he's awesome. Well, you know, Snoop Dogg is friends with Willie Nelson, literally, and they've sat down and smoked. There's notorious, you know, videos on YouTube and elsewhere you can find of him and Willie hanging out and sharing their love for uh, their respect for one another and their love for uh, the music business and and for can- everything cannabis. And you know, they had the finest weed in the planet, no doubt. But uh, they, uh, I think TMZ 
website is the are the guys that that caught him. I don't know where he's coming out of a gig or something. They asked him what he thought about uh, this recent arrest of Willie Nelson over uh, six ounces. It was, wasn't it, down in Texas? Uh, yes, it was something like that. It was, you know, yeah. they apparently smelled it immediately upon opening the bus. Um, that was just a few weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. Um, second time in a year, I think he's been been in some some trouble. So, but it's awesome. So here's Snoop Day, uh, Snoop Dogg laying down some wisdom on Willie. Hey, Snoop, what you think about Willie Nelson, man? What happened to Willie Nelson with uh, getting caught with what, six ounces of weed out in Texas? Man, they better leave Willie the f- Come on, man. Hey, what's that? Willie Nelson is a legend, man. Realistically, y'all sometimes need to back up off of certain people and have a certain amount of respect for your elders. You know what I'm saying? Willie Nelson is, is our elder, man. He's somebody who lived through many decades of music and hard times and whatnot and living good and going up and down. So give him that respect. Who's the that arrested him? I want to know who's the police officer that said you were under arrest. You had a right to remain silent. You dumb motherfucker. You stupid motherfucker. You. What you think you're going to gain by arresting Willie Nelson? He got out and he back smoking right now. What's your favorite, what's your favorite Kush? What Kush My you favorite Kush is the Snoop Dogg Kush. Uh, and you know what I want to say about that Snoop Dogg Kush? It was always on my mind. It was always on my mind. You know I love you, Willie. I love you to death like a motherfucker, Willie. You know you my People, like I said before and I say it again, if you got a problem with Willie Nelson, you got a problem with me. I got a weed license, so you can't take me to jail for smoking weed. Matter of fact, I got some on me. <laughs> 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 California, Texas. We got Texas yeah. listeners, so I'm not going to talk a bunch of crap on Texas. But man, for reals, who the <laughs> fuck wants that motherfucker that arrested Willie Nelson? What are you thinking? Oh, Come on, man, Snoop knows the Snoop Dogg yeah. Kush. I haven't seen he Snoop Dogg. I'm not. I'd like I'm not. to try that, man. Woo! <laughs> I bet that. <laughs> Oh you know, that's, man, that's how you get the weed popular. That's how you get your screen popular, right? Yep, you get a rapid rap about it. <laughs> hey, how much trouble is? If we looked at this, how much trouble is Willie in? If they're charging him with possession of over six, uh, six. Um, well, it's going to depend on how far they want to push it, and they they understand that there will there will period there will be negative uh, political. Um, ramifications, you know. I mean, society. There'll be a backlash from society if they if they really press, pressed it to the limit, you know, the extent of the law to make a point with Willie Nelson, like an aged, like uh, American. I got the laws right here, dude. Superstar guy. No way, man. It would be bogus. Four four so, ounces to a pound are a state jail felony. You could do uh-huh. 180 days to two years and a ten thousand dollar fine. Well, the guy that did arrest him is generally all those things that Snoop referred to. I would agree with anyway. Um, a dumb motherfucker, said, <laughs> a stupid <yeah>. motherfucker. <laughs> that's that's it, and then some. But he said openly in in the media, he said that uh, I hope he goes to jail. I want to see him go to jail. He says I'm going to make him wear the black and white stripe outfits and everything, just like all the other prisoners do. And he was very kind of cocky about the way he said it. The officer that was that arrested him. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Don't want to unleash Snoop, but you know, Snoop put the warning out there. You know, if they mess with Willie, that what they're messing with Snoop. So we'll see. How he that said. Goes. He said, "I want to know who he is." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, 
Not so, yeah, funny stuff. Funny stuff. On the not so funny front, but you know, we, got, we like to report on it. It's good stuff, important stuff. Uh, we yeah. appreciate you keep us updated on this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a quick Mark Emery update. Very quick. He's in jail still. Yep. It's going to be a while. He's not in Canada. Nope. Doesn't seem seem like that's going to come very easy. And uh, But his wife, Jody Emery, is very thankful for all the outside support that she's gotten and is asking for more in the future. So uh, what's it? Free Mark. Mark with a ends with a C, not a K. Dot C A. You can check out their website and um, yeah, uh, send them a letter or write to her. Or, uh, see, check out their website. See what you can do. Um, there, you know, if you're in uh, if you're in the United States, uh, you can write your um, representative and tell them you wish that uh, we would send them back to Canada because that's what they're hoping for. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, right. Also, I know that uh, I think in Canada, if you do a third of your sentence, you're eligible for to file for parole. Or it's like day. It's day release or something. I don't know how something similar to that. So he could get out quicker if he got moved back to Canada. Well, he's just about a uh, third of his sentence. So that's why that's so significant. So hopefully uh-huh. we'll make uh-huh. that transition. Yeah. All right. Sure. Um, Speaking of transitions. Oh, my next. gosh. Flash surprise. Who would have <laughs> thought this would ever happen? This, this one could have gone in the you have got to be kidding me segment. I, this is, do we have one of those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Seats? You missed that. You missed that, Green. No. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's, a new, it's our new segment. <laughs> what, the, the, I'm you've got sorry, to be kidding man. me. You were here and we started changing stuff around. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's organic. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. We just got um, it ready so we could ask you what you thought about these ideas. Oh, well, as it looks like we're running it after this segment, so um, yeah. they kind of go together then, right? Um, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should do. And okay, so let's let's do the jury, the the L.A. Okay. story first, and then okay. we'll do the Pat Robertson story. <laughs> okay, all right, nice. and then we'll go into the "You've Got to Be Kidding Me" segment. Let's roll that. Let's do it. We're on it. Okay, people, that was ex- that was uh, that was some uh, that was that was some you know back talk. You didn't really have to hear any of that. It was totally unimportant, but whatever. It's, a it's little, organic. A rare insider look into the organic <laughs> processes. Um, All right. What do we got going on in L.A., Jamie? An interesting story indeed. Well, you know, this is actually going on all over the uh, country. But this uh, particular coverage, I thought that um, the L.A. Times covered it pretty well. Um, they're saying – that juries, there's this new phenomenon. It's not a new phenomenon, but it's kind of a new trend. I think that's a more accurate way to state it. Um, that's kind of sweeping the nation to some degree, at least in conversation, if not in, in, in application just yet. But juries are starting to go, well, you know how the majority of the population has for a long time been uh, against, even if they're not for pot personally necessarily, they're they're against the way that the laws are written and they think it should be like it's much more of a non-issue than the laws make it and it costs us money and they know they don't want the laws to be the way they are. And they're telling their legislators and the lawmakers these these things and the media is covering as you've seen in the last year or more and the trend has been like, look, man, take – Take a look at this and change it. It's legitimate. Change what's going on. You guys have to do this. And they're not changing it. And so juries are going, well, forget that. We're the ones that have to be the jury the, the jury on this trial and decide what the punishment should be. And we're not going to charge people with small quantities of cannabis because we think it's we think we think it's ridiculous and, and it's unnecessary and it's stupid and we're not going to do that. <laughs> so juries are 
And it's, I don't think this is the same as nullification, but that's, it's kind of overlapped to a little degree. And that's going on around the nation in some, to some degree as well. But I haven't heard as much about that popping up as I have here with this one. Um, I know there was a recent one in uh, Montana and they're like, well, we're going to try this guy. And he had a prior record that was unrelated to cannabis. But, you know, you would think it would go harsher on that guy than most people. That's usually how it works. And uh, they're like, well, we're going to try this guy for uh, such and such amounts of weed. And um, we need this jury guy. And the juror goes, you know, it's like a juror says, you know, I'm, I'm not going to try this guy for that. That's stupid. Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine if you were on the jury for a weed trial? Like if somehow you ended up being selected. Well, somebody else jury. goes, yeah, me neither. <laughs> two. Like, so it's two people out of like a jury of 10 or how many ever jurors. No, 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 no. Everybody started uh, echoing that sentiment and that, that feeling, that stance, that position. And they started actually standing up and walked over and were hugging the defendant. Oh, my out- gosh. Showing, outwardly showing support for him. Holy shit. No way. <laughs> As part of a big message of saying, this is ludicrous. What on uh, earth is <laughs> Is this real? Really? This they were hugging real. him? Come on. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. No. Yeah, the, stories, <laughs> the stories are up there. You can uh, check it out for yourself online. And uh, I think there probably should be a link in here somewhere. I know that within this uh, story, they talk about that, <laughs> that as well. Um, it says right here, it says uh, Peter Siena. He's a deputy prosecutor who tried the case. He, he's quoted as saying, some of the jurors got up and they started hugging the guy. <laughs> they acquitted him after only two hours of jury deliberations. And, and you know, they found 25 pounds of cannabis and 25 pounds of plants in his house. So it wasn't like a quarter ounce or something. Wow. Could you imagine if seriously, could you imagine being on a jury for a trial like that? I would be the biggest yeah. pain in the ass for the people that oh, wait, just wait, wanted wait, wait, to wait. find him guilty. Uh, I overlapped those two. That wasn't the Montana guy. This is one of the other ones that's happened recently. This is uh, actually an important one I wanted to mention. So I don't know. It's kind of neat that I happened to notice this barely. Um, this is in Illinois here, right in, the, in Illinois. This is a Vietnam veteran, Lauren Swift. Remember that? Said he uses mm-hmm. uh, cannabis mm-hmm. to relieve pain and post-traumatic stress. He was charged in LaSalle County. Police found uh, 25 pounds of marijuana and 50 pounds of marijuana plants in his home. And uh, he was acquitted after only two hours of jury deliberations. And that's when they started. That's what, that's where they got up and started hugging the guy <laughs> in support because they knew they were like, wait, in reality, in your fantasy nut zone fantasy of, of, of the drug policy that you've got going on, you know, this is a hardened, this is a criminal case to be prosecuted with vigor. <laughs> and expedited, you know, with justice. And to the people in reality, they're like, this is the cis, our, our government picking on a Vietnam veteran, a decorated veteran he was, that has obvious problems that gets great benefit out of using this plant, you know? And that's, that's stupid. They just basically got to the point, at, 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 so far, they've finally gotten to the point where they say, this is stupid and I don't, I'm not, it, it won't, it can't happen if I don't take part in it. I'm not. Well, that, that's, that's exactly what my <laughs> position would be. If I was on a jury oh. for any of these, I'd be like, this is stupid. Yeah. And they'd be like, people would be arguing with you. They'd be like, he's guilty under what the law says. And I would go, I don't give a shit. 
<laughs> you know, and people are going to start being like that more and more. And the, I mean, I can't imagine like the arguments that probably go on when you have like you end up with a semi like a pro pot person on a jury and, a, mm-hmm. you know, some strict prohibitionists. And the dude, I mean, by law, obviously the homie's guilty, right? Like if you right. strictly go by the law, he's guilty. But <laughs> yeah. if you're willing to sit there and and flip your middle finger at the people trying to tell you that you're not, you know, yep. doing your jury duty properly and just say, screw it. I don't care. This is wrong. You know, like if you do that, man, that's some awesome civil disobedience right there. Yeah. Well, that's, listen, this is the thing. Love it. If, if they do that in, uh, just even in a significant enough numbers of, of people, then they're going to have to, for all intents and purposes, do an intentional search for people that are biased against cannabis users. And that's not fair. That's not really right. You know, they can't do that. So that could really mess up their whole process. We'll just stop as a, as a, as a collective society. We'll just stop and go, look, this is a, it's our collective action issue. Wow. It's, it's kind of a crazy, that's kind of a crazy campaign really to like, to like, (laughs) cool. Tell people like, hey, just in case you ever end up on, you know, like if you're pro cannabis and you ever end up in a jury, I guess, you know, like, you know, that's that's something you could do, I guess. That could be as your form of civil disobedience, as your as your somewhat, you know, as your activism. That's crazy. I uh, have you ever been on a jury before? Um, no, they would more than more than likely pass over me. Well, if it's cannabis related, I know they would. They'd be like, "Are you? Would you consider yourself pro marijuana?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "About one hundred and eighty nine percent or so." Yeah, <laughs> they'd go, "Go, go, go home. You're you're dismissed." Yeah. Have you been, Matt? Have you been on a jury before? No, I have not. Yeah, me neither. Maybe we will someday. Yeah. I, I, that would uh, be. Uh, I always wanted to. Don't they give you like a lunch meat sandwich or something? <laughs> and they already arrived. And, some, and, and they pay your parking. Weird <laughs> yeah, they, they validate your parking and you get to like hang out with all these weird people you never would have known otherwise probably. And, and argue with the, them. Talk about somebody's fate. <laughs> right. And then you got to go in a room degrees. and argue with them and discuss the case. And like, and some of these people are total morons probably. And you're like, what? Uh, there's like no competency like test or anything for us. What the hell? Oh my God. It's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy. Speaking of crazy, mm-hmm. dude, what's the deal with Pat Robertson? What do I see here? I have not heard this. This so. is pure craziness. I can't believe it. Pat Robertson of all Robertson of all people has uh, changed his stance um, to outwardly supporting decriminalization of cannabis. And he's not talking about just medical marijuana either. Uh, he's talking about stop incarcerating people for using their connection with cannabis. Whoa. Using it medically without, you know, recreationally, whatever, you know, whatever. whatever. Wow. So, uh, who, who's, who's Pat Robertson for like people out of the U S who might not know. Oh, oh yeah. Pat Robertson. He's an evangelist, a crazy television, huge, huge, like, um, you know, he's from Georgia, but he's almost <laughs> like a Hollywood type, Christian, like big time, reaches millions of people in the U.S. and around the world, and he's all about Jesus and uh, super, super social conservative. He's, I think, he is also the founder of uh, the Seven Hundred Club. And uh, amazingly, as it may be, he's came into favor of legalizing cannabis. Crazy. 
Come on, <laughs> he can he can deal with the hit. I thought he, he was a hippie hater, and yeah, yeah. amongst many other among, amongst many other types of people that aren't like him. I thought so. I guess maybe he still is. I don't know. It's going to be kind of a weird thing for him. I don't know how this even happened. He said, "This is what he said." We have a clip. But there's something else we've got to recognize. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. They've got mandatory sentences, and these judges just say they throw up their hands and say, nothing we can do is mandatory sentences. We've got to take a look at what we're considering crimes, and uh, that's, that's one of them. I mean, I'm, I'm not exactly for use of drugs, don't, don't get me wrong, but I just believe that criminalizing marijuana, criminalizing uh, the possession of a few ounces of of uh, pot and that kind of thing. I mean, it's just it's costing us a fortune, and it's ruining young people. The young people go into prisons. They come out. They go in as as uh, youths, and they come out as hardened criminals. And that's not a good exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm like tingling over here. <laughs> Uh, I, um, yeah, it's about time, I Pat Robertson. Just, I, I think I'm gonna cry, dude. Like my eyes are watering and stuff. This is uh, amazing moment. I think I, think I, I think I need to. I think I need to go have a moment with Jesus sometime soon. Could be very is important. That the first, you heard of it? <laughs> I can't believe that he said a few ounces. Said, <laughs> yeah, that's more. Than, have, that's better than California. And I have friends that voted no on Prop 19 and Pat Robertson. <laughs> uh, he said we need to reconsider what we what we look at as crimes, and that's one of them. I'm not for drugs, but I smoked some dope at one point. It ain't that bad. <laughs> and my wife smokes it all the time because I stress her the fuck out. And <laughs> I imagine. But uh, it's amazing. He, he said that it's... Uh, it's got to be a really big deal in, in politicians' campaigns, and I, I agree with him. He said they, they always come out with this thing, you know, we, they're, she's tough on crime and lock them up. And I think it's right. I think it's right. I don't agree with a lot of what the Christian Coalition says or stands behind or, you know, our, our views are, who knows, all over the place. This and, is huge. Know, agreement, this, disagreement. But yeah. This is huge, yeah, right? I mean, if this affects his constituency, that's a big chunk of people that have yeah, always considered strict strict prohibitionists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I mean, you'll be very interested in this part then. His co-host added that the success of religious run dormitories for drug and alcohol cessation therapy uh present an opportunity for faith faith-based communities to lead the way on drug law reforms. So they have a notion to get involved with drug law reform, it sounds to me. And yeah, just like you're saying, that's big people. <laughs> it's huge. That's off of that Bush Bush era faith-based stuff, uh-huh. right? I don't understand yeah. the full nitty-gritty breakdown on all that jive, but uh, I know that it's uh, it's some heavy stuff. With the, so it sounds like they might want to to profit off of drug like off of this through like doing counseling and stuff. Is that what, what that kind of was pointing to? Is that um, what you got from it? You know what? I don't know. That's an interesting what, yeah. read. 
what their motivation is here. You know, I mean, they say what they say, but I mean, this is all really fresh and new and completely opposite of what anybody would ever expect from this uh, individual. So, or, you know, this whole, I mean, he's the founder of the Christian coalition, you know, that's, that's not uh, to say anything about a religious belief or, you know, Christianity, but the Christian coalition is an extremist. uh, It's a right, uh, extreme right Christian organization. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. So I don't, I don't know. I'm, call me skeptical, cynical, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I'm thinking yeah. Trojan horse until I, they, they walk the walk for a while and I feel comfortable you, with this. You, you think they're making you look this way while they're really over here doing this? Uh, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea, but I just, it's so different and opposite and new. And I, it's going to take me a while to get used to this being real and for them to prove to me, you know, to where I can trust that this is not some, this is I don't know. This was, is this is the this was the story of the day, dude. <laughs> I think so. I think maybe so. It's uh it, it has a potential huge impact because if if millions and millions of Christians start following this, um, and I know a lot of Christians personally that that feel this way themselves, but if that as a you know organization they start you know adopting this as a stance, then whew, holy smokes. Things have changed right? a lot faster than we expected them to. Oh yeah, yeah. they would. They would, and that and that's crazy because what uh, something's going on in the with the within the the power elite of the right wing. Because um, one thing that occurred to me, and I'm I'm spitballing, yeah, but I think I think that maybe he's trying to win back favor of a lot of of people. Like public opinion, because that's he's an interesting come some serious yeah. fire, like you know, for doing yeah. some really asinine things, calling for assassinations right. of foreign leaders, and he blamed gay people for the destruction uh, wrought by Hurricane Katrina. <laughs> oh yeah, and he so so basically he pissed off everyone on the left, where some of those people probably listened to him from a for spiritual perspective before, well, and then he goes and mouths off money. some crap like that, and they're like. Uh yeah, you're crazy. Like and, now and now he's like, yeah. so it's cool to smoke joints, and they're like, sweet, we're back, we're with you, Pat. You're the man. <laughs> write a check right now. <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't explain it. This is the new thing, you know, that uh, is just so bizarre that it's kind of un- unexplainable as of yet. But we'll uh, keep an eye on this one for sure. That'd be I'm, fantastic. I'm, yeah, the something about the faith-based initiative thing just was popping out at me there. So we'll we'll, we'll keep up with this. If this guy, if him and Gary Johnston team up and run for president or some shit like that on a pro marijuana platform. <laughs> I think we should, uh, I think we should uh, just kind of patronize them and tell them, no, we'd like their ideas. And this is great. Good idea to do this and, you know, get them all to be our friends and get them into a giant warehouse for a big party, a celebration, unity celebration. <laughs> and then we can apply the gas. On pay per view. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me, dude. You got to be kidding me. That is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Additionally, in the you've got to be got to got to be kidding me uh, category, uh, Bill O'Reilly on medical marijuana. I can't imagine. Yeah, you know, it's actually not that surprising <laughs> when you think about it. But it, you, so he's talking about how good it is? <laughs> right, yeah. 
Uh-huh. My guess, right? It's my birthday. He has to. <laughs> he has to speak positively about it. Let's let him speak for himself. If my pass works. He's got pretty music, at least. Hey. Medical marijuana, a ruse, of course it is. Jarrow, Corpus Christi, Texas, of course it's a ruse. Just <laughs> go to Los Angeles, San Francisco, look at the ads for these places. You know, and we sent our producer in, and got nothing wrong with him. He paid the 200 bucks to the alleged doctor. He got the script. He, you know, come on. Come on! Hater. Of course it's a ruse. They got the little pill you give you if you have stuff. No, I gotta smoke it, right? <laughs> now, I don't want to be heartless to people with glaucoma and if they if it hurt if it's helped them, regular doctor should write the prescription and it should be available. So let's be reasonable about it. But have some guy named Lenny running the clinic. You know what I'm talking about here? And the bad thing is that the hardcore drug addicts, the meth heads, the coke heads and the heroin people, they go in and they get this marijuana and they sell it to kids because mm. the kids can't get the medical marijuana. And that funds their hard drug habit. We saw that in San Francisco on a big scandal. <laughs> big scandal! It was a big that guy's scale. a big scandal. Uh, Bill O'Reilly's oh. been hitting the nutmeg. <laughs> hey, Bill, get off the nutmeg, dude. That's not even right. Come on. Come on. I wonder how much booze he consumes. He's probably a, he's probably a sober I guy. Say, huh? Didn't it sound like he was kind of... Had a couple drinks. I think he was high, dude. No, I bet he's smoking. the. I bet he's the kind of guy that that has a few drinks. Maybe bef- you know, definitely uh, after the show, and maybe before. I'm yeah, a certain type too. He's got a certain flavor, <laughs> yeah. a certain age. Scott, Lenny, yeah, he's got a problem with <laughs> Lenny. He had something he's happen. Got to jump, get out of the right <laughs> class. And he smokes a cigarette Lenny. or something. Yeah, I wonder what Lenny did to him. I'm you guys, really sorry. you guys have seen that clip from before, from early in his career. You know where he's where he's, uh, he's like, "We'll do it live," and he just goes crazy on the set. Have you guys seen that? I yeah. haven't. Seen that. <laughs> You'll have to look that one up. It's hilarious. But he has he has a he has a temper that <laughs> yeah he could oh, yeah. he could address a little bit. And he might <laughs> he might come across as a friendlier kind of guy. Hey, I didn't know that drug drug addicts, hardcore drug addicts, were selling weed to kids. That's how they fund their habit. Didn't you know that? I did not yeah. know that. So, so they okay. So they go as a medical marijuana patient. So they go and they buy weed at a dispensary. They buy an eighth for fifty dollars, and they hang out in front of the high school and wait. And they sell. And they sell for sixty because all the high 80. school kids have sixty and eighty bucks to buy weed from. The crack. Well, no, even if they addict. do, all they made was ten bucks. I mean, how many sales do they got to make? You can get I mean, cracked for talking- ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> uh, do you understand what I'm saying? It's not a very efficient business model. I mean, you know, I mean, they are they are crackheads and all, but I mean. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of work. I didn't know they liked to work. I thought that was the problem, you know? So, um, it may just be a little bit of a Bill O'Reilly figment of his imagination model. Too. No, no, so. it's, it was, it happened in San Francisco. There was a they thing. Saw they it in a huge scandal, yeah. right? A huge yeah. scandal. Yeah. There's these organized webs of crackheads <laughs> that communicate efficiently through like a pyramid scheme and they sell weed that they bought for over at a, at a for high over, retail price super high retail price <laughs> for a higher <laughs> retail price 
<laughs> and they do this so efficiently. They do it so efficiently. Right. It's it, you know, I mean, that business I model sucks. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the maybe the security guards at the schools should just not let the crackheads hang around the schools too much either. I don't know. They're kind of easy to easy to pick out too. You know. So uh, I don't know, Bill. Sorry, dude. Yeah. That's enough ink for Bill. Yeah. Uh, what you got here, Jamie? Um, a note to self. Well, you know, yeah, note to self. Never, ever, <laughs> under most any circumstances I can imagine, should you mail 80 pounds of pot to your own to yourself at your own house. <laughs> As Walter, uh, I don't know how you say his last name, Quiatek, I believe, of uh, Cloverdale, California did, um, he sent it to um, Elgin, uh, Illinois, and South Elgin police said Thursday that they intercepted uh, uh, a shipment of marijuana weighing 82 pounds. And they said it has a street value of $470,000. Surprised it didn't say $16 million. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so he, uh, he, ma- he mailed himself a pretty significant stash of weed. I wonder if he'd ever gotten away with it before. For him, let's I don't hope know, so. But it's so serious, man. 82 pounds. <laughs> if uh, found guilty, um, of one of the more serious charges he's he's facing for this, he could spend the next six to thirty years in in prison for weed. So that's ridiculous. But I mean, it, that should be a, a a kind of I don't know if I would say intelligent, but it should be kind of a I guess an intelligent option if you have difficulty getting the eighty two pounds of weed that you have that you own to your other place you want to go to. It makes sense. It's smart to you know if you can swing the shipping. <laughs> it's smart to ship it out to yourself, right? That's what it should be. It shouldn't be now you're going to have a pending like life. I mean, what is he? 69 years old. So 30 years would pretty much take care of the rest of his life. Maybe the jury will just, there'll be a couple of, you know, pro pot assholes <laughs> no, no, in the jury. Charged, yeah. <laughs> I'm not charging him for this. <laughs> you know, like they'll just be like, dude, 70 years old. What what are you going to do? You know, um, put him in jail for, I mean, not even going to make it that long, maybe. So, yeah, uh, no, I vote no on this. <laughs> vote no on throwing this guy in jail in case you end up on the jury, people. Oh, right. man. Do it. Hey, so, all right. So this is can this is a sports cannabis thing. Um, uh-huh. the story that is, uh, um, inspiring. This is uh, titled if, uh, if pot is so bad, then how can you explain Michael Phelps, for instance, or if mm-hmm. you really go down the list, if no one knows who Michael Phelps is, he's the most decorated U S Olympian of all time. He's won more gold medals medals period than a lot of small countries have in their whole careers in the Olympics. So, uh-huh. um, respect he's the man and he takes a bong load every once in a while and he's been criticized for it and you can just go you can just run him off as far as athletes go there's a lot of athletes Mm -hmm. sure lots and lots of athletes that smoke smoke weed and uh the, the the you have to beg the question if weed is so bad for people, how are these? How can these people be so successful on all levels of life, within art, within sports, within politics and business and all realms? There's stoners everywhere. You can't deny it. You could try to pretend like it doesn't exist, but it does, and they're successful, and you don't know about it, and it doesn't mess with their life, and everyone's coming to this realization now. We're there now, and, and um, you know, 
Um, I'm just going to keep preaching it. There's functional stoners everywhere, people. Mm-hmm. Someone's preaching you Jesus on, on the weed, man. Someone's doing it, and uh, mm-hmm. they're doing it successfully. And um, it's time to just start recognize that, that uh, for all you people out there that think that your brain is going to get damaged if you smoke one joint, wake up. It's not true. It's just not true. It's not going to affect people the way that they've made it seem. And maybe Pat Robertson's going to start preaching some of this a little bit at the pulpit. Wouldn't that be crazy? I can't imagine. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I want to believe it. You know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm watching. I'm watching. We'll it definitely see. got my attention. That's for sure. Oh yeah. Speaking of attention, mm-hmm. when you're growing, when you're flowering weed, you really need to pay attention to your strains when it's time to harvest because there is a little bit of a window always. So here's a little bit of a grow tip. It's not. All I right. can't tell you definitely how to always harvest your weed you've got to it takes a little bit of experimentation so you're likely to mess it up but just try not to mess it up too bad and just notice the little first of all whenever you have a strain you're growing it read as much as you can and talk to people about how long certain certain strains take to to flower because i get just through internet searches i get a lot of confusing information about flower times um and uh what i've started to do is just realize that there's this window and in most cases it's at least a five-day window and in most cases it's five to ten probably and then there's also there's also this like 15 to 20 day window sometime with with really really you know longer sativas and stuff for instance og kush i've seen og kush harvest successfully at 55 days and at at 75 days and um so and then i've seen strains like that harvest in sections like the tops and then they let the rest of it go a little bit longer and then they pull the rest. What you're really looking for here is a combination of things. First of all, you're looking to see if your buds have gotten compacted off. They look like if they appear to be dense to the f- touch. Um, if also, if the smell is very pungent at this point, you're getting cl- you're, once the smell is super pungent, it's, it's, you're getting closer to the time of harvest. But you're also, most importantly, you're, you're looking at the hairs and you're looking at the, the trichomes. When you're looking at the hairs, you need to know a little bit about your, about your strain. Sometimes the strain is going to be pretty red no matter what you do sometimes orange sometimes yellow sometimes it'll stay white sometimes it'll be a mixture of of white and whatever color it takes on and you kind of need to know that about your strain um i know that that's hard at first but pay attention if you if, if you don't have anyone to talk about it with pay attention as, as you go and maybe take a couple of samples at different times like you know just take one at at X days and one at Y days and one at Z days and see if there's any difference of a look in it, if, if you can make that happen in your arrangement and everything. But then when you're looking at trichomes, you're kind of what you're doing is you, it would be nice to get a little handheld like, I don't know, is, what is that thing, Matt? Like a 10X scope? Like a, a is, loop, like a jeweler's loop. A jeweler's loop. And you're looking at the, the, the trichomes to determine whether they are clear, cloudy, or amber, Right. And you, you, you can read about this online. There's a lot of different um, theories as to like when they're done. But um, you, you, it's a certain percentage of amber, a certain percentage of milky, cloudy, and then a certain percentage of clear. And people have a lot of different theories on when exactly that is. But that is, that is one way that you can look at your weed and determine like if it's in that, in that range. Because if you have a weed that has a ten, like kind of a 10-day range, and it's like let's say it, it could be done in anywhere between 50 and 60 days and you wait too long, you could burn it or it could become too red and not look
look as good as the color, the hairs were the same. So you can kind of you can kind of judge it based off of both things, um, and that's 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 sort of sort of how I do it. Matt, do you have anything to add to that? No, that's what I've heard. Uh, I'm, a lot of people say you can you know when when the hairs turn orange, you know that's that's when it's ready with without a jeweler's loop, but. It's you talk to a hundred growers and you're going to get a hundred different answers. Hundred hundred different answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it, but uh, but but the the biggest thing here is to know that you have kind of a window. So you're trying to create your own method of determining when it's of so how that you determine when it's done because there is a window and um it's about you know it always works best if you get it when it's done. Jamie, in general, you were trying to say tell people leave it that extra week, and uh, a oh, lot of people my. preach. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was uh, living in Humboldt, before I left, and and even prior to that, we had tried on a, on a few grows just to see what the difference would be because we'd heard tale that you know a lot of there's a lot of there's several reasons that are all com- combining together to make you really want to pick it a little premature, um, and just that one little week or two weeks can make a dramatic difference. I mean, a dramatic in all of the qualities that you really like in my experience, I'm saying in all of the qualities you really like, like the smell and the taste and, you know, it'll just be more better of everything that that strain offers. So I think, I don't know. What do you, what's your take on that? Um, I don't know. I think that, I think in general, as a rule, it doesn't always work. Um, and especially if you have medium sized plants to, to tall size plants, I think with real small, like indicas, you can Mm. pretty successfully always just harvest the entire plant at the same time. But I'm kind Mm. of really becoming a fan of taking like, we, uh, we harvested the plant at the same time, but we would, we would let some plants go a little bit longer, you know? You'd let you'd let some of I, right, and that's what I'm getting yeah. at. Is I like the idea of kind of doing both. Take because the tops to me always look done sooner, and I'm like, man, the tops look done, but the rest doesn't look done. Well, I think that's kind of like because on medium to like large size plants, like the tops are kind of done, and you mm-hmm. can you can take you can harvest those at the like near the beginning of the harvest window, and then you can even like pull your lights down and let the rest go a little bit longer and harvest the rest at the at the end of the, the harvest window. And, and I don't know, I've seen, seen pretty good results with that. Um, so, you know, that's kind of how I feel. Uh, um, but yeah, like, you know, if you're taking, if you're taking those, those indicas all at once, that's a different thing. Like, and it's a hard, it'd be a hard decision to make. It's just kind of depending on, well, does it look like they're swelling more? Does it look, you know, are you getting a change in the, is there, is it just, they just getting dusted with crystals at the end? I mean, you know, there's so much to or look like, into. You're trying to harvest like though. The strains where you said that one, that was like tw- a 20-day window. So uh, my yeah. question, a question I would have is why, how much variance is there in the quality and the different, you know, aspects of the, of the plant whenever, you know, within that 20-day window? I've seen amazing 60-day OG Kush and I've seen amazing 70-day OG Kush. So um, it can be done super, super awesome by either method. You know, I think it's just a matter mm-hmm. of them pulling it when it was really ready to go. So, um, yeah, I mean, the best OG I've ever seen though is they've let it go the longest. So that I, I would have to say that like, as far as a 70 days, it was, they let it go 70 days and it's the, the chunkiest, biggest, best I'd ever seen. So, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Awesome, so man. that kind of points towards what you were saying, you know, letting it go could, could give you those results. Yeah. Not too much. There's like, you can watch the trichomes, I believe. And as they start clouding, 
once they start breaking down that's the that's when they first that's the initial point of breakdown and that's when it's just going to degrade more so yeah that's generally a rule of thumb i've heard i don't know you don't want to go you don't apparently you don't want it to go until they're all amber that's not good so Mm -hmm. you want it to be a mixture of clear um Clear, milky, and amber, and you need to find the right mixture for your type or whatever, and your growing Got method. It. So, excellent. But you know, Good advice. most people, most people don't put that much work into it. But if you do, you might figure out a little something, something spectacular about your particular strain. So, good luck in the garden, everybody. Uh, sure. We got cool, some spotlight activist, activist spotlight going on. What's up here? Yeah, we're not really going to talk about this too much. I just wanted to put it up here. As as usual, as always, if you're hearing this, then you can access this on our website. Um, well, providing the World Wide Web didn't break or some dramatic thing. Um, this is uh, Radical Russ Belleville. You know, we talk about him all the time from Normal, the activist from Normal. He's got a radio show and or a podcast, I believe, and a couple of other things that he's involved in. But uh, he wrote, he did this uh, medical marijuana roundup and it has a bunch of different pop-ups, like uh, pop-up maps and uh, visual uh, aids, I guess you would call them. And uh, it, it just outlines all the various aspects, uh, medical marijuana trends. Let me see. There's one here, medical marijuana states. And it says it, it has colored the ones that have medical bills in 09 or, or 210, uh, 2010. Um, there's another one at the bottom, Mar- marijuana law reform in the United States November, as of November 2010, and it has all the color-coded stuff and all the de- de- uh, various details about the different states and their status. So, you know, just some useful stuff. I wanted to mention it really quick and uh, let you know that that's up there. You can take a look at that if you have not seen it yet. So, uh, yeah, I like to have Radical Russ on our program. Check it. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, Matt, you met him, right? Yeah, I did at the uh, at the Hemp Fest up there in Seattle. I bet he'd come on. I bet he would. Yeah. We'll have to look into that. Yeah, and if we do get him on here, remind me. I have to ask him about that. Remember when the SWAT team went down in uh, in Missouri and killed uh-huh. those guys' dog? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And he got, he said something about may they may they uh, the big dogs of may they approach the big dogs of hell or something. Remember that quote that he made? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. yeah. With, with no, like, I don't remember that. Their nutsacks slathered with peanut butter or something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll ask him about that. It was hilarious, man. It was just perfect. But uh, anyway, yeah, Russ Belleville in the house. Russ Belleville, he's from, he's from the Northwest. And we got pot yeah. in the Pacific Northwest here, too, it looks like. Uh, did you, is this your story, Jamie? You want me to do it? Mm, let me see here. Yeah, I can take a look at this thing. Um, it's So this is in Washington, Washington, right? This is the state of Washington, right? I got this story. Yeah, yeah, we can both talk about it. Um, you know what it is? There's a there's kind of a little bit of a I don't know if conundrum is the right word for this one, but uh yeah, there, there there's an awkward uh situation up there in uh Washington state. Um it's, it appears that several times a week for the past 2 years, um felon uh, felons on supervision um under state supervision have asked the Department of Corrections for special permission to use uh medical cannabis. And uh, some of the requests, I guess, are so, somewhat vague, listing just chronic pain. But a lot of them, they describe agony, anorexia from AIDS, chronic vomiting from chemotherapy, people that undeniably would be approved by any medical marijuana program. And uh, as regular as rain, as the story puts it, um, the state's Department of Corrections has turned down nearly all of them. Out of uh, 320 requests, seven people have gotten permission. 
right. Um, One of them's this cute lady right here, Kathy Parkins. You see her picture? <laughs> Look at her. her <laughs> I know, Kathy. She was arrested in Arizona, who does not allow medical use of pot, but she has been allowed through the D- the Department of Corrections in Washington. She runs a, a a baked goodies business in West Seattle. I want to give Kathy a hug. Um, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Kat, she's just uh, you should you should you should link to this if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. She just seems awesome. Like she's just cook. Hey, you guys, hungry? Of course you are. Just cook some ma- some amazing something something. We'd be like, yay, grinning in ear to ear. It'd be great, man. What do you think about those? Huh? Yeah, dude, I'd get oh. high, I'd get high as a kite with that lady. I'd be like, those are awesome, Kathy. Can I have another one? Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> awesome, dude. Yeah, this so sucks though for this sucks for those people that are dealing with this that would obviously qualify under any regular circumstances. Um oh, sorry, uh, you're a felon. You're not allowed to medicate. Sorry. Yeah. Your health, that's is, a, your health is out of your choice. <laughs> yeah. Out of your uh, control. Right. And I've heard I've heard uh Colorado's tough on has some weird provisions in regarding this sort of uh you know, talk in their their laws as well. That really that's a bummer, man. It's not cool. Yeah. Um any yeah. any idea what they're gonna do to try and remedy it? Weird stuff. I don't know what they're gonna do to try to remedy this thing. They've been working on it for quite some time. They're uh I I don't know if this is gonna go anywhere, to tell you the truth. I don't know um what I don't know how the law see this is Washington state so it's state law but it's their state department of corrections is I guess they choose to well if seven of them got approved though even though that's ridiculous number but uh still if those got approved they can't be totally just uh leaning on the federal stance no they have a president a precedence now set for what they do require to allow people to you know be approved or whatnot. For a, so for a long time after the passage, um, about ten years or so after the ninety nine uh, initiative was passed in their state, uh, medical marijuana was a side issue at the DOC. You know, kind of back burner stuff. Um, and now that it's it's heated up a little bit more, they're starting to take a little bit of a different look at it. Whether they're going to change their stance at all, I don't know if that's part of the deal. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're looking at what's going on in their system. It's, uh, I don't know, they have to argue about possibility of waivers and who's allowed to possibly uh, um, possess these waivers. But the thing is, and it's it's more, I know this, this is going to irritate you, man, because it always irritates you. It irritates me too. Um, as I'm sure it does most of our listeners, but waivers are not needed for prescriptions for Marinol, a synthetic form of THC. Nope. Um, it also, I thought it was, uh, it said that you don't need waivers for some other kind of medications as well. Probably so like all kinds of opiates. I mean, you could probably get oxy on. Yeah. Anything you know. except cannabis. Yep. Amphetamines, all sorts of shit. Uppers, downers, inners, outers, rounders, edgers, triangles, whatever. All sorts of crazy pills. As long as they're mm-hmm. pills. But no doubt. Some doctors are there. Um, doctors are trying to support these guys um, as as much as they can. It says in the story that uh, Dr. Uh, Scott Havsey, uh, he's a t- Tacoma physician, protested when a DOC denied his patient's use of marijuana to treat intractable pain from multiple herniated discs, a diagnosis included under the state law. I have friends that have that. I have that similar 
problem that I've endured. So I know that that's literally intractable pain. Um, the departments of the department of corrections takes the statute and modifies it themselves. Said Dr. Havsey, that is just wrong. They're not following the law. So I don't know. It says that uh, to get around the DOC, some of the offenders have quietly asked their sentencing judge to change the terms of supervision to allow uh, medical marijuana. But as these offenders' requests have been uh, flowing in, um, Hammond and other DOC staff look, uh, they took note of a handful of doctors who signed one recommendation after another. So they're trying to single them out and say, look, most of these recommendations are coming from a certain limited uh, uh, specific doctors, which I don't understand how that logic plays out because I mean, some doctors are not educated about medical cannabis or they're letting their political uh, ideology get in the way. And they're saying, it's not real. It's, it's nonsense. Bullshit. It's not FDA approved. Or maybe they're in that, that camp, the whole FDA religious camp. But you know, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see how this works out. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that there's actually legitimate doctors that are behind these guys. So there's sure. I don't know. We'll we'll follow up on it. It's a bummer. You know what I want to find out? What's up? Who's the stupid motherfucker that arrested Willie Nelson? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'd like to know it. I'd like to know it. We got him. We got his name. It's readily available. I could probably call it up. I think in some of our shows we've linked to. He uh, he was listed in there, so should be easy open. All right. <laughs> It's time for your, your Rocky Mountain High. Take it away. What do we got? <laughs> got a clip. Looks like something going on. Medical marijuana community responds to proposed changes. Yeah, apparently yeah, there, are, uh, there are 19 proposed changes to the medical marijuana law in Montana. Hey. Wow. This is, oh, this is a Montana story. That yes, would have been. Yes. Ah, okay, okay. Did a little rearranging and stuffed the Montana in we, with the uh, Rocky Mountain thing. Oh, uh, okay. We just, it needs to just be titled then so that people know it's a Montana story, I guess. The top one. We're looking at that one, right? The, the clip? Yeah, totally. Cool, cool. Here it is. The marijuana community is responding to newly proposed regulations. The Montana legislature's website lists 19 bills proposing changes to the state's medical Jeez. marijuana law. A spokesperson for a group that represents caregivers in the state says he's encouraged by much of that content and believes smart regulation would help the industry. Billings caregiver Mark Higgins says compromise will be key. What they have to understand is that this is an industry that for the most part is still federally illegal and that it you have to be willing to work with give, a take, give and take a little bit. A bill proposed by State Senator Jeff Esman of Billings would change the application process for those intending to use medical marijuana for chronic pain. The legislature will consider all those proposals when it convenes January 3rd. Mm. Hey, that's tomorrow. That's a lot. Yeah, a lot's going it, on tomorrow. That's a lot of changes. Wow. They're, uh, yeah, they got I mean... <laughs> You know, remember when we first started the show and it was all crazy news from Montana? Like people were yeah. getting like firebombed and and like you know beat up and stuff for being pro pot. Uh -huh. <laughs> what happened to all that? Did it stop? <laughs> that some people said, "Wait, wait, 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 stop, stop, wait, 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 wait." Yeah, everybody, just hold on, wait, just chill, yeah, relax. Here, here, try this. Let's start. Relax. Yeah, let, let's start over. Yeah, try this. <laughs> It's good. It'll, it'll <laughs> I think that's kind of how it worked out. 
we got to get a handle on this. Well, you were saying earlier, Jamie, about the uh, the jurors in Montana. Yeah, we got, got Missoula, Montana is where the Montana one. Yeah, we got a. I don't know who this guy is, but he's talking about it. You guys want to hear this clip? Oh, sure. I totally do. Yeah. Oh, this is one of those jurors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I I totally do. So we have to because you know why? <laughs> it's your, your birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, here we go. Last week, a Montana man was arrested for having a sixteenth of an ounce of pot on him, barely enough to roll a joint. And Montana is generally considered a fairly conservative state. So this guy's facing drug possession charges, but his case never went to trial. The reason why is amazing. The judge in the case could not seat a jury willing to convict the man. In pretrial interviews, this is before people knew who he was, what the crime was, how much pot he had, anything. One potential juror after another, one after another after another, said they would not be willing to find someone guilty for only having a few buds of marijuana in their possession. Eventually, because he couldn't find jurors, the judge was forced to call a recess acknowledging there was no way he could put together a fair jury. During that recess, a plea deal was worked out, and the man essentially got off without admitting any guilt. The judge in this case, Dusty Deschamps, claimed that in his 30 years on the bench, 30 years on the bench, he'd never seen anything like it. I say, let's hope we continue to see more of the same. Mm-hmm. Amen. Me too. Wow. Love it. So not, not so you can even just object prior to getting in there being on the jury. <laughs> Love it. That's mm, great. That warms that warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> yes. It does for me Holiday too. Holiday term for you. Is is yeah. the Midwest is uh, is hopeful? Are we finding <laughs> glimmers of hope in the Midwest today or not quite? Uh, yeah, no. We're uh there's always hope. There's always hope. Okay. We try to keep that going. Um, there's uh, there's some weird stuff going on in, in the Midwest. Um, this is an interesting story that I wanted to, to feature on here. Um, there's recently there's uh, uh, been a new study released that said that eighth graders in Marion County, Indiana, and throughout the state of Indiana, are more likely to smoke, drink, and use marijuana than their counterparts in the rest of the nation. Oh yeah. Drug prevention experts here are there rather. Uh, they know the problem exists, but they don't really know why. And I just wanted to feature it on here on some really off-handed chance that one of them gets notion of our program, or I don't know, somehow, just to let them know, guys, or just to make my suggestion that maybe it has something to do with Indiana being the breeding ground for drug warriors drug prohibition warriors like Mark Souter. And perhaps that has something to do with what's wrong with their situation and their children that they're always spouting about saving. And um, because in my experience and everybody's experience that's involved in this movement, you guys can relate to it instantly. Um, anytime there's this draconian kind of attitudes, we get these sort of result or subsequent, you know, ramifications. So what do you think about that? I think the study sucks. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't think, you think they don't really? Probably not. Nope. Or not by much. Or not worth not by much that makes their situation much different than the rest of the countries where we've got these crazy lunatics running around thinking that they're crusading for a cause that's worthy, while in fact they're not. 
and they're just uh, damaging the threads of our society more and more over the 70 plus years of prohibition you know i don't know it's just one of those stories where i'm like eh, whatever i don't know what their reasoning is as they say do they have do they put out their own theory as to why they're more likely to do drugs than everybody else well, uh, Randy Miller, the executive director of Drug Free Marion County, says, I quote, I wish we had a better handle on some of the specific reasons. It'd make it easier for us to address and reduce it. Um, that's part of the struggle. We don't know what the hell is going on, basically, is what he's saying. He said, uh, while marijuana use in the age group has increased across the country, the numbers are dramatically higher in Indiana. But, yeah, that's my take on it. I'm not trying to be sarcastic or negative. I mean, I, I literally believe that anytime there's that draconian attitude, and it's pretty, it's relatively prevalent in that state. It's pretty hardcore. And, uh, I mean, Mark Sauter was reelected over and over and over again for a reason. You know, they very much support that kind of mindset and that attitude that he was bringing. Well, pretend, as we know now, pretending to bring <laughs> in some cases. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that... Uh, that they're reaping the the negative um, results of that sort of uh, mentality, drug war mentality, and they seem to be clueless that that's what's going on. They're clueless. Mm. They're clueless. Yeah. They're the pol- I mean, constantly <laughs> the policies are so clueless, and they're so <laughs> we're song so wrong headed from the beginning. I mean, they're make every state is making such tiny little incremental steps always towards making it better and loosening it because at some point a ridiculous amount of cases start occurring where they're like it's pushing the limit of the you know i mean they're figuring it out but it's painful man it's painfully slow and um i don't know i mean i don't know that's the momentum i feel anyway like everyone just loosens up a little bit at a time instead of just going all in you know and making some real big changes and and uh, Indiana would probably, I, I, you know, I, I tend to believe if we loosened up, actually drug use would go down. If we spent all this money in education Absolutely. instead of, um, instead of, uh, you know, prosecuting and, and, you know, jailing people, I think it, supplant, it, it would supplant that with maybe a, uh, among other things, an honest discourse, you think? Yeah. Yeah. You know, one that teaches people about the, the cost and benefit of using drugs instead of like just uh, scaring the shit out of everyone and threatening to put everyone in jail. I mean, really and truly when it comes down to it, the drug war is just a vehicle for the government to, um, to, 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 to assault whatever culture they feel like assaulting and, and, and throw them in jail for the little bit of drug. Cause so many of so many subcultures in the and United fine. States use drugs in one way or another. So they can go after whoever they want as long as we, have this crazy Bye. drug yeah it's a, it's a yeah it's a war on culture dude and it's it's uh but it's we're, mm-hmm. we're here we're fighting it we're doing what we can yeah. mpp's here they're fighting right. it too yeah. they're doing what they can right yeah 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 yeah. i don't know this is potentially positive i know that is well um mpp is sponsored some uh radio advertisements in support of senate bill 1381 um sb 1381 the medical cannabis um, legislation pending in Illinois, as we've been reporting on, um, as, as we reported, uh, I think last show, um, the, the, the bill went up for a vote on November 30th and they were too shy of getting the, uh, the 60 votes they needed to pass it. And representative Lou Lang, the sponsor of the bill of the legislation, um, opted to, uh, what the hell do they call that? Postpone consideration which means that they hold it back and it's, they don't take 
the official vote yet. And then he, he has the option to recall that if he wants to. And they have one more short session that begins tomorrow, and it goes through the 11th. And uh, so we're, we're trying to get these two votes. There's like six other people that are, are a nay currently, but they have agreed that if they get those other two votes, then they'll put their vote in, which is bogus wow. politics. But right. anyway, that's, you know, that's how all flip floppers is what, are, what those yeah. are called, right? Flip floppers. Yeah. Yeah. But they've got these ads out and we got the link up there so you can check it out or go to MPP. Um, and it, it, this, this story that we have has it right in there, the link directly to these. Um, there's 30 second spots and they did 60 second spots as well. And they featured uh, Judy Falco, uh, Julie, Julie Falco. She's a, a tremendous person. I talked to her um, some, uh, for a little while down at the uh, um, Capitol um, back in April, uh, yeah, April of this year. And uh, she's an amazing, she told me some of her story and her situation and Wow, really courageous lady, and uh, she's on these on these commercials encouraging the sixty eight percent of Illinois voters who support medical pot <laughs> to okay. to visit this uh, website protectpatients.org and ask their state reps to support SB thirteen eighty one. So I would uh, second that, um, you know, very strongly, and encourage any of our any of our Illinois listeners. Um, please, um, if you have Down the opportunity. Down to just two votes, dude. Two, two votes. votes. There's a couple people that are still on a no vote based on their premise of they don't have as much enough activity in support of it in their area, which doesn't mean that people are going, we hate this, and not enough are going, no, we don't, we like it. It means that they're just not getting the response. People aren't speaking up about it. It's just not that important of a, a thing. So, so they want to avoid potential you know, or perceived potential uh, political blowback or fallout from their vote, then, you know, it's still a stigma to get painted as a pro marijuana person. Do you guys, um, you guys like to hear one of these ads? Yeah. Um, can we? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, check oh, and out. by Thanks, the way, man. also, if anyone, if you guys are just now hearing about Lou Lang for the first time, you should go, you should try and YouTube uh, his rant mm. when he went off uh, at, at the, at the state house, right? Um, regarding yeah. yeah, he's majority whip. Yeah, he whipped mm-hmm. the shit out of that one for sure. <laughs> yeah, so he's already kind of a, a big deal as far as their organization is going, is concerned, uh, which would be the Illinois you know, Congress, they, uh, the general assembly, they, uh, um, look up to him. He holds one of the most prom- more, more prominent positions. Yeah. And he's fighting hard for the medical marijuana bill. So, um, yes. Yeah. Support him. All right. Please. Yep. Or, um, let's check out this. Let's check out the commercial. Here it is. Hi, I'm Julie Falco and I live with multiple sclerosis. I'm asking for your help so people like me won't be arrested for using a safe, effective medicine with our doctor's support. I've tried many prescription drugs to control the extreme pain I've lived with every day. However, most of them caused terrible side effects that left me flattened and non-functional. I found that cannabis works best for me. It allows better control of my symptoms so I can lead a fulfilling, healthier quality of life. In Illinois, though, it's a crime for me to use my medicine, even though my doctor recommends it. Thankfully, the legislature can change that in early January. So if you're one of the 68% of Illinois voters who support allowing medical cannabis for the seriously ill, please go to protectpatients.org and ask your representative to support Senate Bill 1381. People living with chronic illness should not be criminalized for following doctor's orders. Please visit protectpatients.org today. Paid for by the Marijuana Policy Project. 
Yeah. So we. Uh, That's the real deal right there. That's mm-hmm. a very powerful, uh, powerful yeah. commercial. So. Yeah, it choked me up um, a little bit. I know it's it's hard when you know them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Ick, 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 ick. Well, anyway, man, what a great day. I'm so glad. You know, I thought for a second, uh, it's my birthday. I should be able to take a pass. Maybe I'll call these guys. I should consider calling these guys and saying, look, I'm going to have to like cancel out of the show because of my birth. It's my birthday and I want to go do some stuff. And, and I thought, cool, maybe I'll do that. And it was okay with me at that point in the, the thought process. And I, and I realized then, then I could, I thought to myself, then I could, and I, as I started to explore the possibilities, I thought, what would I really want to do? I thought I would want to come make an episode of cannabis agenda with my friends. <laughs> so what's the point of having a day off? Cause I'm going to do the same thing I would do anyway. So I'm glad and now you here, can maybe. still go out yeah. and do some fun stuff, man. It's only seven. There's tons only, of stuff. I have nothing but time, man. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on break right now. So it's all good. The world, the universe is in alignment for me at the moment. You should go shake your you should go shake your booty with some girls at the club. Shake my money maker. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> shake what your mama gave you, boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let us know about that next week. Come on, Jamie. What do you say, Matt? A vote on on Jamie should go out around and and try and try and find some females. <laughs> There's no question. It's on right. your birthday. Well, yeah. More of the same for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. You know, all right, man. Well, that's uh, we got. It looks like we got a clip for the end of the show today. Huh? Yeah, we do. You, uh, you guys know the comedian Bill Hicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's a this is an older piece, but it's it's pretty funny. He thinks uh, he thinks uh, smoking marijuana should be mandatory <laughs> versus <laughs> versus all the other all the other things, and you know he makes fun of alcohol and uh, you know harder drugs too. It's good listen. Cool, some lighthearted light lighthearted stuff. That's good because it's your birthday. Happy birthday, Jamie. I'm, birthday. You're only Thank you're you only 50 once, so uh-huh. enjoy uh-huh. it. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you all, uh, Cannabis World, can, you know, for, for checking out the Cannabis Agenda. We appreciate your uh, patronage. Is it patronage? Is that a right word? Is that the right word? And uh, anyway, um, thanks for hanging out and listening to us. Um, you want to let these guys know how we can get up, yeah. how they can contact yeah. us here? Yeah, follow us on the website, CannabisAgenda.com. You Dot com. You can watch the. Uh, you can listen to the episodes right there from the website, along with our notes, which are right there. You can click on any of the stories, uh, any of the links to link to the stories that uh, helped kind of inspire the discussion. Uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. Please email us info at cannabisagenda.com. Criticisms, questions, comments, whatever, scoops for stories in your area. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call seven zero seven. Six five four can C A N N two two six six. We're gonna play you on the air if you leave a voicemail, unless you tell us not to. Um, and uh, you can follow us on iTunes. Um, you should subscribe to us there, and also please leave us some reviews. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook, and recommend us to your friends through uh, both of those uh, social networking um, sites. We appreciate As you guys well. so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank mm, you so much. Thank was, you. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. Peace and pot. Absolutely. Yeah, love all you guys. And happy birthday, Jamie. Happy birthday! Thanks, guys. I love you guys. Hey, thanks, Brandy. Woo! You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast for an hour every Monday covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market-related information. You can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. 
So I don't drink, I don't do drugs anymore. I used to take drugs and I quit, but I'll tell you something, I have nothing against drugs whatsoever. That's kind of weird, huh? You've never heard that one? Used to take drugs, quit, and have nothing against them. Wow, never heard that. Let's hear more. Okay. I'll tell you something else. I know this is not a very popular idea. You don't hear it very often anymore, but it's the truth. I have taken drugs before, and uh, I had a real good time. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't murder anybody, didn't rob anybody, didn't rape anybody, didn't beat anybody, didn't lose mm, one fucking job. <laughs> Laughed my ass off and went about my day. Sorry. Now, where's my commercial? Shit, I'll be the guy holding that skillet in that commercial, man. That ain't a brain, that's breakfast. Let's eat. What have we been up, five days now? I'm fucking starving. I find that commercial a tad insulting to my intelligence. You know the one? Here's your brain. I've seen a lot of things on drugs, but I have never, ever, ever looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain, not once. I have seen UFOs split the sky like a sheet, but I have never looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain, not once. I have had seven balls of light come off of a UFO, lead me onto their ship, explain to me telepathically that we are all one and there's no such thing as death. But I've never looked at an egg and thought it was a fucking brain. Now, maybe I wasn't getting good shit, but... Uh, That's what I hate about the war on drugs, I'll be honest with you, it's what I can't stand, is all day long we see those commercials, here's your brain, here's your brain on drugs, just say no, why do you think they call it dope? And then the next commercial is, this buzz for you. Come on everybody, let's be hypocritical bastards. It's okay to drink your drug. <laughs> we meant those other drugs, those untaxed drugs. Those are the ones that are bad for you. Nicotine, alcohol, good drugs. Coincidentally, tax drugs. Ooh, how does this fucking work? Thank God they're taxing alcohol, man. It means we got those good roads we can get fucked up and drive on. Thank God they're taxing this shit, man. We'd be doing donuts in a wheat field right now. Thank God we're on a highway. Woo! This is a good drug. Because I'll tell you something, I'll be honest, man. If, if I were going to legalize a drug, it sure wouldn't have been alcohol. Sorry, there's better drugs and better drugs for you. That's a fact. You may stop your internal dialogue. Uh, but Bill, uh, alcohol's an acceptable for... Shut the fuck up. You're wrong. Okay? Okay. Shit, man. Not only do I think marijuana should be legalized, I think it should be mandatory. 
I'm a hardliner. Think about it, man. You get in traffic behind somebody. Shut up and smoke that. It's the law. Oh, sorry. I was taking life seriously. Oh, man. Who's hungry? be a nice world, wouldn't it? Quiet, mellow, hungry, high people everywhere. Just Domino's pizza trucks passing each other. Every single highway, parades of Domino's. Let them get stuck in traffic, all our pizzas will be free. I'm a fucking dreamer, man. But I'm not the only one. Dreamers, man. Pot is a better drug than alcohol. Fact. Fact. Stop your internal dialogue. But Bill, alcohol's a little... Shut up! You're wrong. Get over it. Okay? Okay. I'll prove it to you, man. You're at a ball game or a concert and someone's really violent and aggressive and obnoxious. Are they drunk or are they smoking pot? Which is it? They're drunk. I have never seen people on pot get in a fight because it is fucking impossible. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, what? Hey, hey. <laughs> End of argument.